0: Welcome to Moralia Python Radio, with your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre. Hello
1: everybody, welcome to another episode of Moralia Python Radio. Um, unfortunately, I could not download the clip fast enough to play it, but <laughs> maybe we could recreate it. Next recreate video, it. Bill is going to be on. Bill oh Stiegel? really? <laughs> <laughs> you went real high pitched, like Bill
0: <laughs>
2: You know, every once and, in a uh, while I do that, and I kind of am shocked with how high it can get. It's like right. very out of character for me, but you know. <laughs> well, yeah.
1: Tonight uh, we're going to be talking to Bill, and apparently he said he hasn't been on since
2: 2013. Is that, is that true?
1: <laughs> is that accurate, Owen? That can't be accurate.
2: Oh, Did we wait? Goodness. Did we wait? Did we bring him on after a carpet festing? Or no? Wait, I went on their show. Mm, you went and talked mm. to them. Yeah. Yeah. One of those rare moments when they actually have a show. Yeah.
1: Oh.
0: That is not even right, man.
1: <laughs> you're going straight for the juggler already. I'm sorry. Oh I'm sorry. God. I'll back off. <laughs> uh, I gotta bring Bill. I, I can't even. We can't even do an intro. We gotta. We're not we even doing the news straight just, on. I, right I can't. Now. I, I can't have them like you talking trash and have oh, him not oh, be able to oh, oh, defend oh, himself. It. All right, go, go ahead. Side
2: with the green tree people. That's fine. Throw me
1: under the bus again. <laughs> well, you know you're you're one of them colubrid dudes. You know I mean, now you're you're a retick I'm guy a now. Re-tick. You know what I
2: mean? <laughs> so I mean, I went full retick, All right, yeah. don't even start. <laughs> oh, dude.
1: There's um, no money in Retics, Owen. None, Stop. none it's at stopped.
2: all. <laughs> it, it, there's no money. There's no money in any of this. It's like, you know, don't even. How much money? I, yeah. I'm looking at cages. I'm gonna pour more money into this thing. <laughs> yeah, no, no, man.
1: It never stops. <sighs> it never stops. Uh, but, but yeah, tonight <clears throat> our good friend uh, Bill uh, from GTP Keeper Radio and uh, Phoenix Reptiles is gonna come on and chat with us about what he's got going on. You um, should be with us right now. Hey, Bill, what's up? How you doing, man?
0: Hey,
3: i I didn't know you guys had brought me on. I'm dying, laughing already. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> we don't warn I, our
2: guests anymore. We just do it. L- yeah, later in the show. Yep. <laughs>
3: oh, and later in the show, I will have my revenge.
2: I understand. I, I, mm. I mean, that's, that. <laughs> I gotta give you. I gotta give you ammo. Like reason. I, you're gonna do it. I might as well give you a reason to. So you know. Yeah, I got you.
0: Bill, <laughs> so I was supposed. I
2: to... Was
1: what oh, I was going to say, I was supposed to play a clip, and basically, in the clip, it was from last week. Owen was saying something about because you're retired now, you're in a walker. What are you doing? But it does, doesn't <laughs> <he> have one, <laughs> Is it past I just one of your to know.
2: bedtime.
1: Yeah, you know, it's will, a little will late. We be able
2: to stay up that
0: late.
3: You
2: know? do you, anyway, do you, I, I'm glad they play the episodes for you at the nursing home. It's great. I, <laughs> you know. I don't have a
3: walker, I've got a power chair, man.
2: Oh, nice. Oh, <laughs> that's style. He's high end, bro.
0: <laughs> Single, oh, man. Sickness is in a
2: container in the little basket on the front, and you just drive around with him. It's great.
3: I was laughing because I listened to the last episode, and you guys were talking about, uh, Owen was talking about everybody getting their readers out, right?
0: I like it, man. Uh, well, yeah. well
3: Yeah, I look back. You guys, I have not been a guest on this show. I think Buddy and I came on one time maybe a couple of years ago together. We did like a roundtable radio show deal, but I have not been on this show since 2013 right after ICAST.
0: Damn. Wow.
3: We've been slacking, man. Yeah, what the (laughs) hell, dude? It's because we saw him
2: so much after ICAST. It's like we just didn't bring him on. (laughs) It's like, you know. Damn. I think it's
1: because you work with Royals still. I mean, I think Owen is really There is that hard you work with Royals.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
3: no, but no, I, he makes up I, for I,
2: it I, with the Ruffies.
3: I, I I get that. I get that with the with the royal thing. Yeah, I mean, I can you know, I I can take I can take my shots.
0: <laughs> oh, you're okay But, getting but I don't
3: know. You're but, getting
2: hurt later on, bro. I'm sorry, <laughs> he's, he, coming. I can't, he's coming. It's bad for that you, I he's coming The gun. I see the gun being loaded, and I'm like, I'm just still talking. Yeah, so
3: it's okay. Oh um, man. Well, we can get it out of the way now, or we can wait till later. What, what do you want to do?
2: Let's, let's wait till later. I mean, let's the anticipation. Okay.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> okay.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. Fair wait. Enough. Wait until we don't know what's going to happen, and then you know, just drop let's the bomb. Just go
2: right through. I mean, just why not? Right.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. So how you like been, it. man? It's been since yeah. 2013. What's what's
3: going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't talked to you guys since then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> life life is good. I I am nursing a cold right now, so I'm I'm kind of hopped up on cough and cold medicine. So if I say anything out of character, uh, no judgment, okay?
2: Okay, just blame it on the medicine. Yeah, you got, but, it. got it. Yeah, Me and I, I no have to chug a up of All we have to just get started. <laughs> we have to start cold medicine. To do this, to do every week, we we are <laughs> so
3: drugged. Anyway, <laughs>
0: uh,
3: I mean, things things have been really good. You guys know I retired the end of January, so I'm, I'm working on really month three of like just you know enjoying this this phase of my life. It's been great. That's have awesome, you been man.
2: enjoying like the Like I mean have you been really enjoying the retirement as far as like not having to go to work or the office? And I mean, are you spending more time pussing around your snake room?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I had uh, gotten really pretty burned out on my, on my medical practice. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really a long time coming. And now it just, it feels so good to be able to like just get up and not be thinking about 10 different things and trying to do three things at the same time. Um, It's, it's been really really nice and, and definitely been spending a lot more time with the animals. I kind of anticipated this coming, so the last couple of years I really uh, kind of ramped up my collection. I've acquired some animals, held back a lot of animals, so I've, I've got a fairly big, uh, not I'd say a moderate-sized collection of, of, of animals that I'm keeping right now. So it certainly keeps me busy. Um, and then I've just been able to do stuff that I've been wanting to do for a long time. Family stuff and you know, mini vacations and you know, just all sorts of really stuff that's been a long time coming. You know, I, th- I think basically just resting right now, the first couple of months. I've just, you know, just been kind of catching my breath and getting my wheels back underneath me. Yeah.
2: Nice. I mean, <clears throat> it's it's almost like now that you're doing this, would you pretty much say that this is now full-time for you? I mean, and are you kind of like, I don't know, I'd almost feel like if people who kind of go full-time, they kind of look at their collection in a different light. I mean, kind of feel like that with you now, or?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in a little bit different situation because, you know, I consider I'm, I'm doing full time. I mean, I'm mm. work, working a lot with the animals, but it's different because I don't really need to rely on the income from the animals, so to speak. I mean, I don't have to really look at it as a as a true business. Um, you know, I do it, I do it because I like it. it does bring mm-hmm. some revenue in, um, but my decisions are based on the same things that they were based on five years ago when it was just pure hobby. You know, I I do things uh, just because I want to, and not because I have to. Cool. That makes sense. Right. So, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, somebody that's, that's, that's truly full time is somebody that has a family that will, you know, depends on them and they're having a, you know, consistently, use the income from that business to to pay bills and to pay health insurance and to raise kids and all that kind of stuff and I, I don't I don't have to do that. So although I, I'm doing it a lot of it, you know, a lot of my time is dedicated to it. I don't really consider myself, you know, people that are truly you know like Nick Mutton or some of those other people that just mm-hmm. you know, their their family you know relies on that income and so it's a little bit different.
0: Yeah.
2: Right? I mean uh are you are you picking up maybe some more shows now that you got like t- time? You know, maybe travel yeah. a little bit further
3: and kind of stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would typically do one show a year. That's kind of what mm-hmm. I would do. I do the NIRBC in Arlington uh, sometimes, and then I do another local show in December sometimes, and and that was it. But I've already done four shows, you know, in the, wow. in, the in the last four months. So and they they've all been local. Um, we have a lot of shows here. Um, you know, well, I, I could vend a show in this in the North Dallas area. You know, almost every month there's a show. So I've, wow. I've been doing a few of those, and um, I'm going to start to travel a little bit. I'm going to do a show in Amarillo in June, which is a it's going to be a you know that's seven eight hours from me in West Texas. So that'll really be my first jaunt out of you know kind of the local area where I've got to pack a bunch of stuff, up, uh, hotel rooms, that kind of stuff
2: yeah it's it's a good practice for when you can start actually vending at Tinley Park, which uh, is that. now now is your <laughs> mission. I have now given you that mission, and uh I expect to see you there
3: you know good day so <laughs> Well, you know I'll be there, but I would never vend that show unless I can bring unless I can bring some carpets and green trees. I mean I would I would never come up there with just, just the royals, so when that day you happens, have my position. I'd, <laughs> <come, laughs> I'd rather just come and hang out at your table and bug you.
0: Uh,
3: I
1: was yeah. gonna say, like if you do a show sometimes it's sometimes it's more fun just to hang out and not have to worry about animals. Not have your animals. Stuff, animals. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Well, Kenley's
3: the perfect example of that.
1: Yeah, you know? I mean, is. if
3: I I don't have to get up early Saturday morning. If you know we've stayed out a little bit on the late side, I can you know I can get get to that show an hour late if I if I want to. And so
1: <laughs> you know, I was, I was we'll listening get, to you. We'll long,
2: to I was show l- hour late.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I was listening to you on GTP Keeper Radio, and you were talking about um, how you know sort of your mission now is to sort of get. Uh, you know Condro's out in front of people that might not know about Condro's. You know, you, you made a good point that kind of resonates with me like we're sort of preaching to the choir because you know everybody that probably listens to this show and your show already knows the right and wrongs of things, but it's those people right. that you know, you see at a show that's come walking in and uh you know. So so that's sort of been a focus of you of yours to to sort of get Condro's out to those people in the shows, right? I mean,
3: yeah, I've I've tried to do that, and it's it's harder than it sounds for a couple different reasons. Um, you know, it's not the right thing to do to bring high end designer animals to a local show. I mean, that's mm-hmm. uh, it's not it's not good for me. It's not good for you know taking risk with those you know with the, with with those animals um, when nobody's gonna buy those. So sure, what I've really tried to do is try to find some entry level, you know, green trees. Um, and I've been able to do that a little bit. I've traded some higher end, uh, designer animals for groups of like pure locality type captive bred stuff. I did that with a a friend of mine from Houston named Thomas O'Kane. He produced a really nice clutch of all red, uh, baby BX. And so I traded him some designer stuff and got a a group of his and I was able to take those animals, you know, to local shows and educate people and, and, you know, make some sales there. And, and it was, it was great. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just, you got to get, I, I have to get the right animal to be able to bring it to the show and really represent, you know, the animal and, and, and do it the right way. I don't want to, I just don't feel comfortable bringing in, you know, imported or farm bred stuff. That's just not my thing. Although I, I know it can be done right um yeah. so you know it's going to be a slow it's kind of a slow thing
0: yeah so so have
3: you added like those entry-level
1: breeding projects to your group so that you have them that yeah. you produce
3: yes i've got a pair right now that's that's pairing so hopefully you know later this year i'll be able to do that it's uh it's a a The both of these are captive bred adults mm-hmm. One of the males in a and the female is just a real nice big uh plain jane green you know beautiful snake and they they've locked up some so if i can get babies it'll be an all yellow clutch if i can get babies from them you know i can bring them to show and put them out there for 500 bucks and you know i would really really look forward to doing that
2: yeah it's um it's pretty much doing what i always kind of try to do with carpets is to have um almost like tiers of prices. It's like you got a small, like $500 and you got your $1,000 something like that. So it's like you can kind of get people in with what they want. And that's kind of cool. I like that. So um, definitely very cool. Yeah.
1: Um, um, so what- <clears throat> go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead.
3: Well, I was just going to say, it's one of the things that Buddy and I have a little bit different opinion opinions on as far as bringing Condros to uh entry-level Condros to a show um and them being you know what would you call an impulse buy right like
0: somebody mm-hmm. comes to the
3: show they have, they have no concept of of buying a green tree python but they see them and they think they look really awesome um you know if i can get them and, and i will usually bring housing also you know like okay. um, a, a tub setup that that is, you know, just perfect for a green tree with the perches, removable perches, and a heat source, and all that. And I feel confident, especially at a local show, I'll sell somebody a five or six hundred dollar entry level green tree. Um, you know, after talking to them for a little bit and making sure they've got just, you know, some experience. Uh, I don't, I wouldn't sell it as their first reptile. Um, right. If you know how to, you know, if you had a, if you know how to kind of mon- monitor heat and, you know, you know how to feed the animal and a few little husbandry things. I I think they can be kind of a an impulse buy as long as you have the right you know, the right customer and the right customer service behind it and the right animal.
2: Right. Yeah. And, and baby condors are already going to be at shows that are either going to be imports or something like that. So it's like I'd much rather if I'm going to take a chance on a condor, it probably be from somebody like you that has taken these babies and had spent time with them and made sure that they are ready to bring to a show because it's like, you're looking at them and all you do is condros and, you know, other stuff. But it's like, I would trust your opinion better than everybody else. Other guys are going to be like, Hey, it's good enough. Get out of here. You know, you've actually done stuff to make sure it is. So.
3: Yeah. And, you know, establishing a baby condro, it's so different than like, you know, one of the Royals, three meals in and you know, it's good to go. Um, yeah, no, you. <laughs> you know, a, a baby carpet maybe five right right um right you know baby chondro i'm i'm talking 20 minimum you know 20 meals in them and that that means they're you're not having to tease feed it that means you just you know stick the pink on a on the tongs and put it up there to it and it, and it takes it so you know it's, that's 20 that's 20 meals minimum before i even consider them established and ready to go
1: and is that like do you do like 20 back-to-back feedings, like like, meaning if it skips a meal in between, do you reset the clock and then go from 20 from that one?
0: Not or if it, it
3: skips one. Okay. No, not you know, not if it skips one, but it has to be okay. eating real. Obviously, sometimes, especially the yellow ones, they're in shed and you know you don't even know it, and
2: they'll they won't eat or they'll <laughs> <that's> right. So <laughs> annoying. It's like albino exactly. carpets, what's wrong with you? Oh,
0: <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. exactly exactly, but,
3: but so yeah, you know
2: 20,
1: 20, what do you
3: uh,
1: f- this is a good number what do you find is the number one misconception that people have, or you know uh, you know when somebody approaches you at the shows, like what has been the, the either the question, what keeps people from wanting to get them or you know or are they afraid of well,
3: them or? It's without a doubt. It's the fact when I pull one out and I'm holding it, they go, "Why mm-hmm. isn't that thing biting the fuck out of you? <laughs> Why, Why isn't that rat. thing attacking?" That that is by far and away the number one misconception.
2: Wow.
1: So they just think they're like like baby carpets or something like where they're just you know
2: or baby or royals they just, just bite the shit head, out of and, <laughs> You know, or yeah, everybody or, always sees the teeth. Like everybody always gets pictures of green tree and emerald teeth. And I mean, yeah, yeah.
3: Or, or you know, even the imported biak locality type, You know, a mm-hmm. large percent of those are going to try to just bite the crap out of you every time you come close to the door. I mean, that's just they're they're def- very defensive. You know, they've been plucked out of the wild, and they're defensive right. animals. Um, yeah. But captive bred stuff is different. And I think you know we've had this discussion before, and I know I've had it with Matt Minnetola. The farther along these. Blood pythons, green tree pythons. The more and more generations that are bred in captivity, I think the more docile and calm they become. Oh
1: yeah, without a doubt. You know, I remember Owen will relate to this. He's saying about how his reptiles are chill.
0: But
1: no, I No, I changed my mind. <laughs> I remember. They're not. It,
0: well,
1: I told you. I told you that pides
2: were like notorious. Oh, for my being God. No, no. First off, aggressive they're 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 they they are they're, they're pissers and they bite it basically it is a pissed off baby carpet python in a 3 year old carpet <laughs> python body and i don't know what to do yeah. with it right now it's just yeah, yeah. but dude they're big when my babies. dad had retics back
1: in the in the 80s oh my god yeah. man they were like they Take they that straight up kill you <laughs> oh my god they were evil you know yep. i remember uh, when i i got a i i picked up a retic And my dad's like, are you out of your mind? (laughs) I mean, this is when I was first getting back into Snakes, you know? I was like, I thought it was the coolest thing. I was like, yes, I got a retick. Oh, my God, this is awesome. And he's like, you are fucking crazy, man. Like, you're
2: just nuts. Can we talk about how it wasn't insane for your father to have monsters in the 80s, but he's thinking you're insane for buying a baby. (laughs) Everything's off the table in the 80s, bro. I,
0: right bill different, time. <laughs> I, I, different time, I man
2: i don't know i missed most of the 80s and Correct. was only born in about like yeah i only probably had a couple that, of years left yeah
1: that explains a lot about you Ellen. it does right there all right so any
0: anyway. question
1: i was thinking like so you know most of us, when we travel for reptile shows and everything, you know, we're somewhat, um, you know, making sure that, you know, I mean, I think of like Owen's setup and my setup and Matt's setup and how like, you know, we're just like real particular about how the animals are and that they have heat and all that. And we're dealing with animals that are pretty bulletproof. What about (laughs) transporting baby chondros, especially if you're going to do shows that are farther away? Like, do you have any, thing in your head of how you're going to do that or do you think it's not that big of a deal
3: well i I really don't think it's that big of a deal i I have not put a lot of thought about doing the you know the 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 far distance traveling but i know when i take them to local shows um and i you know i take them up there and i I leave them up there overnight Mm -hmm. saturday or whatever um i don't provide extra heat you know those things are really they tolerate cool temperatures better than royals and carpets do you know i i
0: mm. keep them in, yeah. in,
3: in, in slightly low temperatures and you know they're they're fine at 75 you know right 75 degrees so i haven't done anything different i know when buddy travels he he does bring a little like heater bait or thing that he he will put them in uh overnight the babies but um i haven't done that and i, I haven't really had any untold effects by by not providing them extra heat gotcha
0: yeah yeah, okay. I, sometimes
1: I think they get the, you know, like they're so fragile. And I guess because they're so small and, the, you know, you hear a lot of times about, you know, uh, well, I know you hold all your chondros all the time, right? I mean, you're not
0: well, you're not, not afraid of them. Not, not,
3: <laughs> no, I mean, um, not the babies. I, I, I typically will not hold the babies until I tell people a year. Sometimes I'll fudge that down a little bit to, depending, mm-hmm. you know, on, on the baby acts but uh, you know, my general rule is just to not mess with the babies till they're a year old. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so are you? have said that. You... Go ahead, Bill. Well, I was just going to say, you know, even like the display, um, the display cases that I have, um, they all have removable perches in them. So
0: nice.
3: I can just, in you know, I say perch. It's really, it's a, it's a infant coat hanger, right? That's been cut. Um, right. that's their perch and I can take that perch in and out of the display, the arboreal display cage. And if somebody wants to look at it, take it out of it, um, you know, you take it out and they just sit there. They just sit on their perch like a, like a chondro, you know?
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. That is
1: the, that is the beauty of chondros, isn't it? I mean, it just sort of like. <laughs> it
2: doesn't move.
1: Sit there yeah.
0: on the perch. <laughs> so you know, they're, they're, they the easiest. Easiest, they're the easiest
3: of all the animals that I take care of, like the husbandry. As far as, like, you know, you just reach in there and you pull out the paper towel or the puppy pad or whatever substrate you have. And they, you know, you don't have to get the animal out of the cage. You don't have to worry about it striking you. It just puts its head down and basically ignores you.
0: Yeah. Right.
2: I mean, Bill's, I think, it, when we know this for a fact because we went down to Bill's and a ball and a ball python tried to murder you. <laughs> and Very then true, I got. Yeah, and then I got oh, crapped on by a carpandro. So we both know that this is indeed a fact that out of Bill's collection, they are the easiest. So, yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah, nobody got bit by a nobody get bit by a green tree, right? Yeah, uh-huh. no,
2: no, it was the, the ball python that nearly g- killed him. I mean
3: Eric
2: yeah. Eric's small, he needs all his blood. Um but it um <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, uh, I'm telling you He's, he's, he's sack I, a whole bear. I'm
1: in a feisty <laughs> mood. Anyway. <so> <laughs> he is in a feisty mood.
0: I don't know. That retic the, shit, you know man. The, the retic,
1: retic got, got him all
2: screwed up, man. Uh, God. <laughs> Help me. Anyway. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Billy, you constantly kind of telling, coaching people, like, I, I imagine one of the first things is what you're probably having to repeat yourself for at a show is proper setup and husbandry for anybody who's purchasing a condro. I mean, do you have a set kind of spiel that you kind of tell them what to do with the baby green tree when they get home?
3: Well, I mean, the first thing I do is I refer them to that husbandry guide that's uh, mm-hmm. pinned on the MBF—the one that uh, Matt Morris, um, oh, and who, who did he—he he and somebody else combined uh, several Newman. years ago. Yes, David Newman, yes. and they put together a really nice husbandry guide, and so I'll first thing I'll do is kind of refer them to that, um, but if I supply the, the tub for them, it's it's really so easy. I mean, um, you know, they need fresh water, and depending on, you know, where they are, um, you know, and of course, you know, spraying the animals, spraying the enclosure, or wetting the substrate, That we could have an entire show dedicated to that, but we'll discuss humidity some and we'll discuss temperature uh, and we'll discuss feeding and we'll discuss, you know, don't mess with it for the next six months. And basically if if I do that and and they have my contact info, very few problems. And and I've never had to take an animal back and like reestablish it.
2: Okay. Yeah. That was going to be my next thing is you ever had any, uh, Boomerangs. So I know there's several contributors out who will take an animal back if it's having issues to reestablish absolutely. it and then send a- it back. So yeah,
3: I I told this story. I can't remember which uh, on a, on a different podcast. But Eric, do you remember that the very first clutch that I ever produced at Green Trees were was an Aru locality type and. and yeah, You had gotten one, Eric, and I, it was a yep. pretty small clutch, maybe eight animals or something. And I sent one to, to this guy that was like in Oklahoma. So he wasn't real local, but he wasn't real far away. And um, about a year later, he sent me a picture of the animal in the tub that I provided with him and said, is it, is it time to move the you know this up to a different larger size tub? Mm-hmm. And it was, and the animal looked great. But I noticed in the picture, he didn't have a water dish in it.
0: And so I so
3: I said, um, yeah, you need to move them up. Where's the water dish? And he goes, oh, I, I've never given it water. I, I've just sprayed <laughs> it a couple of times a week. I swear. Because
0: <laughs> I, I thought they just
3: drank off their coils. Wow. Where did
2: rumor from? that's what I heard coming up until I met with Green Tree Python people. And they're like, it needs water. Please give it water. Like,
1: I mean, I I was gonna do
0: it,
2: but here's
1: here's the crazy thing about that.
2: So I
0: got mm.
1: one, and the one mm. that I had was doing great, and mm. all of a sudden it just prolapsed and died, and mm. I gave it water, you know, all the time. So like maybe I should have just sprayed it, you know? Because <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't know that that kind of like I kind of thought when I got that animal i was like okay i think i'm good with these like i think i'm pretty good like i think I'm. you you did it
2: you jinxed yourself yeah i
1: know i think i'm good enough to be able to keep these right because everybody that i talked to told me that you know keeping them is not really that hard it's just until you start to breed them which i always thought just correlated with them being stressed and then you know you'll get a whole bunch of issues that would come along with that you know but I don't know i i
2: I, they it they've sort of scared me from
1: them (laughs) i don't know man i've I've had no luck
2: with green trees i tapped out i had one i had i had four green trees and then i miraculously went down to one green tree and i'm like buddy take it back i'm tapping out and i traded it back for rhino rat snakes and i'm like i'm happy and then he's like it's breeding like crazy i'm like good for it it's
3: with who <laughs> knows
2: what to do <laughs> like you know thank god it got away from me
3: <laughs> so i mean there's no there's no telling you know it, i think each case is different if i had mm-hmm. to just guess out there you know i would say the majority of people keep them too warm and i think you
0: mm-hmm. know
3: at it increased chronic elevated temperature i think it causes them to get dehydrated you know, that can lead to prolapse. Of course, that's all just speculation, man. I have no idea. Now, you could you could be onto something, Bill, because
1: yeah. I did I did not keep them on heat, but I did keep them at the top of my rack. So maybe it was hotter up there. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, maybe it was a hotter point in the room.
3: Um, yep. I I, don't, I keep my I keep my hatchlings right next to my royals, right next to my baby carpets, but it's always on the lower the lower racks. Um, right. With, you know, you can get a, you can get, I swear, you can get an eight or ten degree temperature difference between a baby in a hatchling rack. If it's twelve or fifteen tubs high, you know, you can get a huge temperature difference between the bottom rack and the top one. At least I. Do. Yes, you
2: can. Yes, you can. Sure. It's 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 disgusting sometimes. I mean, that's why when I have hatchlings, I put all my baby bread lie on the bottom because they yeah. they can they don't care. It doesn't. I, I have to <laughs> drop rocks on them to kill them. So. <laughs>
0: yeah
1: I you know I eventually I will I will try them again I will I will give them a go again because I mean they are beautiful snakes you know I mean you can't love them or hate them or whatever you know but you know because of maybe misconceptions that people have about them but at the end of the day man I mean it's hard to be even uh, if even if it's just a green snake it's still freaking awesome you know
3: I mean (laughs) I mean they're they're unique they're just unique you know they they yeah. do things that other snakes don't do The the color change, you know, that they yeah. go through the, I mean, if you have, if you've ever seen one caudal Laurel in person, you know, with their tail. It's cool.
0: that's yeah. So
3: cool. Yeah. No, no, I, I no other snakes that do that. And it's, it's,
0: it's and really crap. Cool.
2: You know, it don't become it in its head, just looking at the tail and you're like, if I poke that, <laughs> it's like, it, yeah, I know it's,
0: I think,
1: I think another thing that's, you know, and I never really put two and two together until Ian kind of talked to me about this when we were at Southern carpet, Southeast carpet fest.
0: Mm -hmm. And I was talking
1: to him about the whole idea of, you know, why don't you see that many locality pairings? And like, cause I kind of wanted to have like locality type pairings. Right. And, you know, he said that, you know, what it is, Eric, is it's just so hard to find, you know, a pair of any particular locality. And then if you do like you're waiting for a male or a female from whatever, you know, say it's a room or whatever, you know, are you going to just hold her till you find a room, which who knows when it could be, you know? And I don't know. I just never thought of it that way. And I'm like, Oh, okay. That that makes sense. I just thought that everybody was like anti locality, which wasn't the case at all.
2: Well, maybe Uh, so. No, I don't know. (laughs) I think people no, I, get I, distracted by designer stuff, like, I don't know, the sickness.
3: Let's talk about <laughs> the sickness. <laughs> I I mean, yeah, I was going to say, I, I think that's part of it, but I also think so many of the locality types mm-hmm. make incredible designer animals. Um, yeah. And so, it's just really hard to justify, I mean, just at least for me, I mean, you guys know me, I'm kind of a Frankenstein anyway, right? Like, Oh, sure. Lord. Yeah. Just,
0: yeah. You know,
2: my constant fear that you'll make a battle. Condro. <laughs> it keeps me up at night. So
3: my, constant my fear. Never have to worry. about. Never have to worry about that. I, I promise you that
2: to be the um, ultimate. Like, I'd I'll... have to piss you off so bad and be the ultimate F you to Owen. I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs>
3: There, there will be no rough scale condros. I, I sure no, thank that. God,
0: <laughs>
3: but you know, it's the, the designer stuff is just so it, it appeals to me because you never know what you're going to get with the locality. Mm-hmm. You know, you breed a root to a roo, beak to beak, um, any of the locality types for the most part, you know, kind of what you're going to get. It, it's kind it's a lot like, you know, breeding Royals and carpets, um, you know, you're looking to, to, to you always know the possibilities for the most part. And it's not like right.
0: that
3: when you start mixing the designer green trees together. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you think that's from? What do you think is causing
1: such dramatic phenotypes in these animals? Do you think it is like, you know, hy- what would you call it? Like hybridization? Do you think it's, uh, you know, just these colors clashing together? What, what? What's the consensus on, or is it just, you know, lock?
2: like, <laughs> it's Man, like uh. everything's all mixed in and you'll still get a green snake. It's like, yeah, I got it.
3: Right. I mean, I, I wish I knew, you know, it's, uh, I, I don't have an answer to the question. It's just poly, it's just polygenics at its, you know, at its greatest. And the majority of the time, like Owen said, you're going to end up with a mostly green snake. And yeah. right. when I produce, when I produce the sickness, you know, all of the siblings were green snakes with varying degrees of, like, melanism, like the old-school phase, like mite phase, right, where you got a green sure. snake with some black speckles. But, you know, this one snake popped out, you know, the sickness, which, mm-hmm. you know, was so so unique. And and then I, I duplicated that pairing uh, last year, and sure enough, another one popped out. That looks oh. very, very similar to the sickness at that stage of its development, and I think it's—I think it's going to look like him
2: Has it so. done any kind of color change at all?
3: Um. Yeah, it's gotten real. It's gotten darker.
0: Oh and, wow!
3: So, that's, I want to know. I, that's the one that I've that I've named the plague. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Nice, I love that. That's uh, that's this. I love that. <laughs> um, and have you? And has sickness started breeding? Sickness is produced.
3: Yes, sir. Shit. Sickness sire flushed. It's uh. It's been about ten days in the incubator now. There's seventeen eggs in there, and he um he bred that blue cyclops a female of mine. Oh, and sorry, so, you just...
2: So we, I mean, you're 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 pretty much retired now. Do you just have a lawn chair set up in front of your incubator and you just stare at them all day? I mean, that's what I would do. It's just I'm, I'm watching them, you know. You know,
3: when I produced the sickness, I was like, all right, this is it. This is the pinnacle of what I ever thought that I could that would come out of a, of a green tree breeding project. But when the mm. sickness then sired successfully sired this clutch. Now I'm like, all right, this is like the pinnacle of any kind of breeding project I could do. Well, you know? What do I do next? So I'm just, I just go in there every day and just like creep in the, creep in and just like kind of have my eyes squinted. I don't want to look too hard. <laughs> <laughs> don't make don't direct, direct eye anything. contact. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, look away. Oh, sorry. I'm very superstitious about condros. I'm not superstitious about anything else in my life, but I'm like superstitious <laughs> about condros. I, I always, you know, think the worst is going to happen. Mm. Um, I always just, you know, uh, I, I don't ever, you know, I get all the time. How much are you going to sell those babies for? You know, I don't even think about anything like that. I just, mm. I say a little Puerto Rico, and i just go whatever's going to happen is going to happen and let's let's try to make it one more day well right. i
2: imagine you said you said how many eggs are in the incubator from sickness 17 17 17 i imagine you're going to go full Burke on those and you're just going to keep <laughs> them all right
0: <laughs>
3: yes absolutely every single one of those will be held onto until they start their color change which is right. that's very unusual i have always released The vast majority of the animals that I've produced, um, you know, once they're established and and ready, and that is that's burned me. It it burned Mm me uh, on a clutch that I produced not last year but the year before. Uh, I ended up holding back six or seven animals, and the ones that I released turned out to be, you know, the the stars of of the clutch so far. So, damn it. (laughs) <laughs> it is what it is yeah i mean yeah it, it
1: there's is such a there's such a unique species in a couple of reasons right especially when you're talking about the reptile hobby you you can't sex them at currently <laughs> you know no maybe like, they, maybe they, in a couple they, years when they do that shed thing you know oh um, yeah
2: i mean uh, be that awesome. that
1: might that'll change the game but like you mm-hmm. can't sex them you don't know you know, so you're taking a gamble if you sell any of them at all, because that one yep. could be the sickness, um, yep. you know, and like you, you would ne- like, like you would never sell royal python and say like, nope, don't know what the sex is. I don't know what kind of morph <laughs> it is. Good they luck, right, man, whatever. <laughs> and nobody's going to throw like, hey, just take my money. You know, they're not going to yeah. throw it at you. And But with
2: condros, they will. You
1: know. Also, it's um, like,
2: could you could you imagine if I sold a carpet python, telling you that in a year or so it's going to turn yellow, and then it doesn't? I mean, yeah, you you,
0: you did compromise. that to me. <laughs> 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 to yeah. you, it's uh. different.
2: I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest here, but it's like it, it like I can sit there and I can show you these two great parents, and then. If you take it and it doesn't turn out to be anything like that, you're going to come asking questions. Where green tree people sometimes just be like, "Oh well, this one turned green. Shoot, yeah, it's yeah. like they're not going like you sold me a baby from not those parents. It's
3: like nobody ever. I never hear that kind of stuff. So, yeah, right. I mean, I think there is a you know most people, and if they don't know, I certainly tell them. Uh, there, of course, there's no guarantee what this animal's going to look like. But even in the worst case scenario, if it turns out to, to be a pretty green animal, you know you still got great lineage in the animal, and mm-hmm. you know there there is still, a, you know I think there is a really really good chance of a green animal that has high let's say blue lineage producing blue babies. I mean I think that is a, you know I mean I think that's been proven over and over again, and I've got I've got an example um, of a of a green Female that came from a, a legendary blue line animal called Blue Deuce that I think Tim okay. Morris either produced or or had for a long time, and this this snake was green as could be, um, but I bred it to another animal that had some blue lineage, and I've kept a couple of the babies, and uh, they're they're stunning. They're not green.
0: So, oh right. right. Hmm.
3: So I think there's you know I think you have that in there as well. Bill,
2: so how the, many how many really cool chondros are you sitting on that you're not showing people? Because, uh, you know, first we get the plague. Now that's we why got the Southern one. Carpet Fest that's been canceled. I mean, canceled. they don't what want it, to Mr. Yeah, uh, like, fra- Frankenstein Blair. Theory. What is going
3: on here? I mean, my you're God, looking, sir. <laughs> you're just not looking at the right places, man. Oh, <laughs> oh Okay. <laughs> you got to follow me on Instagram or something. I don't know. I mean, I, I share everything that I have here,
1: including I don't
3: know.
1: Maybe, I, maybe listen to GTP I, Keeper Radio once in a while.
3: You know. Oh, well, now, I mean, man. Whoa now? We only do it. once in a while.
1: Yeah, I come on,
3: man. It's
2: every you know lunar eclipse. There's a it's, episode. I mean, that do it when you're doing your taxes every quarter. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> i
0: that
2: a little more than that. Just <laughs> be mad listening to GCP Keeper Radio. There I do my taxes. Yeah. So, God. Uh, All right. But that's cool. So I mean,
1: do you have any other bill? I mean, you focus mostly. You know, it seems like you know Blue, Chondro projects. Do you have like anything as far as High Yellow or any other? projects on the back burner that you're working with
3: yeah i've got a um i've got a kind of a cool story to tell you about a clutch that is due to hatch in six days and okay this this was a a 12 egg clutch and it was sired by my animal called jaeger that marshall mendez produced and he's he's the sire to the sickness okay so
0: okay he's
3: you know he, he's a he was a red neonate he's mostly green but he's got some melanism in him and some yellow he's a very nice looking snake and I produced I bred him to a high yellow um, female that Matt Morris produced and um, she, she was a yellow neonate and she she dropped 13 eggs one's gone bad so I've got 12 that are due to hatch in six days I think it's gonna be a really neat clutch but about three weeks ago um, a company an Australian film company called wild bear entertainment contacted me because they had been commissioned by national geographics to produce a one hour program looking at uh, pythons around the world and one of the scenes that they wanted to capture was baby green trees hatching and emerging from the egg and crawling up onto their perch and so evidently they have not been able to find this in the wild which doesn't surprise me
0: Mm-hmm. So they you know, <laughs> where
3: are you going to find? Where you going to find that? Yeah. So they are going to send a National Geographic photographer down next week from Washington D.C. and he is going to set up a uh, naturalistic stage here and he's going to film. <laughs> oh, wow, awesome. baby green tree. Is that cool? That's freaking
0: awesome! Wow.
3: You know, now yeah. the stock
2: footage of your baby green cheese hatching from Python eggs is going to be used in every single like natural geographic snake thing from now till the end of time. It's wow, like you that's see bad constant out, man. bill hatchings. Yeah. That's awesome.
3: It's going to be so cool. I can't wait to see what he does. I talked to him on the phone a couple of days ago and, um, you know, he's, he's going to just basically set up a stage and, um, you know, he goes, like, is there a Home Depot close to you? I go, yeah, there's a Home Depot. And he goes, all right, I can get everything I need there. You know, plants, and floss, and, and I'm like, what? Wow. You don't want to film them coming out of a plastic tub and perching on coat hangers? You know yeah, what's up with that?
0: Not, not good enough for no. you, huh?
2: No,
1: you
3: know,
2: no. Attenborough's oh, voice that's so cool, cool like, and they climb on coat hangers in the wild. It's like, yeah, it's good,
0: <laughs> you know.
2: Perfect. That's the
0: baby so, I think green that's, tree that's, emerges. Emerging, just emerges, yes. Yes. finds yes.
2: find its coat hanger, and then lives yes. there. It's like, yay!
0: It <laughs> struggles to climb up the branch. <laughs> struggles. The suspense is going to be great. That's yeah. just a pink head
1: right off the tongs. Yeah. <laughs> the, wild, the, the wild
2: tong, tong plant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: so,
3: so cool, like I'm, man. I'm, uh, uh,
2: That's awesome. That is awesome. So I'm, I'm trying
3: to, like, get the logistics from this guy. I'm saying, listen, you know, the, like, when this thing pips, it could take, like, three days for it to come out of the egg, right? And one of them might pip one day, and three, a couple days later, some other is going to pip. And he goes, he goes, oh, I don't care. I'll stay there the whole time. <laughs> you know?
0: <laughs> oh, wow. This, this
3: guy's, like, uh, laying in some termite mound in Africa, you know so this just so much better yeah so much better. i got a tv in there and everything
1: i'm um, at yeah, steagle house i'm good yeah, <laughs> just yeah. compound yeah you've been there you've been there you know Yeah. what the heck man passed me no, is- here and i uh watched this uh snake come out of the egg that's that's living the dream, yeah.
2: man. <laughs> well, I mean, are, are they going to wait are you going to wait until they start like is one going to pip and that's when you're going to settle this up and just kind of wait? I mean, okay. Yeah,
3: we we've got a few of the logistics to work out, but basically I'll wait till one pips and then I'll I'll give them 24 hours um for others to to pip on their own, but I told them after 24 hours I'll I'll make little slits in the egg, but I still think I could even do that and just kind of rotate the egg so you can't see the slit and it still you know would come out of the egg and it looked somewhat naturalistic. You know, you're not going to have a, a a mother green tree foiled on them. You know. Right. You know, right. Yeah. You know, but that's that's it is awesome, what it man. is and yeah. I think I
1: think it'll be cool. Yeah, they'll be able to cool. edit they'll be able to edit that around and next thing you know it'll look like uh you know Papua New Guinea somewhere, you know. Man, <laughs> <Yeah>, you know. <laughs>
3: I put some background noises in
1: and,
2: uh, you know. Yeah. 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 Good to go. Yeah. You'll um, just walk around with that mud mask that Ari made you, and then you can be yeah. in it too. Yeah. See? <laughs> yeah. Now can I'm I, helping. Yeah. Oh, no. An indigenous <laughs> person has found the green trees. Like, yeah, it just done. <laughs> Make a couple <laughs> clicks. You'll be good to go. <laughs> um. And we need to move on quickly because it's just getting yeah. off hand.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, we did have a question from Ryan real quick. He was asking if you work with any um, Kofiow Island uh, projects or like BIA Kofiow crosses or anything like that.
3: I do not have anything in that. I I obtained a, on a trade a baby that's 75% Kofiow uh, from Drew Russell, um, but he's he's a yearling, still hasn't even started to change, but that's the only Kofiow blood I haven't – in any of my collection, I do have a really cool um, Biak Maruki cross that did that mm-hmm. was one of the generations from Bushmaster that's five years old, and that thing looks coffee owl. I mean, it is bright yellow, but um,
0: but wow. but no, I,
3: I know very few people that work or, or have those animals. I know Forrest does and Chuck Vogel, um, but they seem to be a pretty pretty rare locality type.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> I was talking to uh, to Chuck about it and, at Southeast Carpet Fest, and um, you know, asking him how it was going and all, and he said everything was going good and whatnot. And I was telling—I hope he checked it out—but uh, I was telling him about that. He was saying about how you couldn't find any chondros on Kofi and I was like, "Yeah, that's sort of what um, uh, Daniel Natouche was saying." And he yeah, said he couldn't find yeah. them, but when um, Dan Mullery went, he found them. You know, from DM Exotics, he found them sitting on a twig. Yeah, you know. yeah, I um,
3: saw that. So, saw that video, but I I forgotten that was from Co- that was that was on Coffee Owl. That he found that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and it, it was of course
3: green. It was of course all. It green. was green, yeah. <laughs> it was
1: green, yeah. Unless he pilled one of that. those Nat Geo uh, moves or something. Yeah, I mean, how hey, do we to, now? Now you know. we don't. know <laughs> Thing anymore. Maybe it was in his Pretty yard odd. and we don't even know. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> he oh, on the ground. Oh, my God, look. It's like getting out.
3: That's funny. So,
1: so I mean, you know, I remember listening to you at the beginning of GT Keeper Radio and you saying about how, you know, um, I guess your lack of experience, I guess, with, uh, with Condros. And, and now you seem to be, you know, you seem to have found your groove. Uh, and you're you're producing them every year. What do you, what do you what do you contribute your success to? What do you think is, you know, made you uh, be successful with the species?
3: Yeah, that's um, you know, as you alluded to, that's the whole reason that Buddy even asked me to be a co-host of GTP GTP Keeper Radio because he wanted to bring somebody on who didn't have very much experience because he thought that I would be able to. You know, ask the guests questions that were so not beneath him, but he wouldn't even think of because he'd been doing it for so long. And so that's sure, kind of how I got got involved. And um, you know, and, and I think to answer your question, it's just you know talking to people, um, you know, as many different people as you can, bounce as many different ideas, and try to try to get down to a few people, and you, you know, not try to do. Everything everybody's way, but try to just hone it down to a few people. Um, it, the best thing is to find people in your area, you know, that mm-hmm. that are working the same, you know, geographic and temperature and seasonal um, zones that you are. Marshall right. Mendez was one of, one of my big mentors, and I I asked Marshall to really help me a lot because he kept Royals and Green Trees, you know, in the same room and was successful with both of them, and that's what I wanted to do. And so he, you know, he really helped me, um, kind of tune in, you know, the basics. And the basics are, are feeding, temperature, and humidity regulation. And, you know, once you get comfortable keeping them, then you can kind of move to the next, ne- next step, which is reproducing them. And, and to be completely honest, I think there's a lot of luck um, in in reproducing chondros. I think there are mm-hmm. certain animals that are, that are destined to be paired, and there's certain other animals that you know, are destined to not be paired. And I think you just have to have, you know, just really, to be honest, a little bit of luck with, you know, with the animals that you acquire or that you um, get as babies and and that they grow up and they're just good breeders or they're not, or you just can't find the right mate for them. I I have a, the very first green tree I got is a, a beautiful female. And I bred her when she was four years old and she slugged out. And she's mm-hmm. never locked up with another animal ever again. And I rotated mm-hmm. half half a dozen different males through it, and she just wants nothing to do with it. And yeah. So huh. if that was if that was my only female, I'd say you know, screw this. These 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 things are impossible to breed. But I think it's kind of a numbers game. I think is you know you just get more animals in your collection, and you're able to cycle different males with different females, and then right. just have some. luck yeah do you You find that
1: do you find that because you've worked with the royals that you know they seem to be uh anti-season uh i don't know Hmm. if you file that same thing but you can breed them pretty much all year long and you're sort of just watching the female and it seems that condros are sort of the same way whereas like I think for me or Owen, we would probably be like, wait a minute. This is broken. It's August. Why would I be pairing this <laughs> Why up? <is> <laughs> like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> wait, or we might even Make just it? miss it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've said that forever attention. about like some of these, you know, harder to breed species like scrubs and stuff like that. Like maybe you guys are just missing it because you're so locked into, you know, I have to drop the temperatures in October and I have to keep it cool yep. till January and I have to warm it up in February and you know like maybe you're uh, not in their cycle.
3: Yeah, I think that's a excellent point and that's basically exactly what I do. Um mm. now I won't I won't pair in the heat of the summer here in Texas. Mm. I won't I won't pair in June, July and August. But other than that every month is an opportunity and I will just continue to put male and a female they don't pair, you know, rest them, feed them, but, you know, a month later, male in with female, and, you know, I get locks at times of the year that I'm not expecting it, and, you know, this blue cyclops girl that laid for me, like, my royals and my carpets, you know, once they get on their cycle, I can pretty much, you know, they're going to lay, like, within a week of what they laid last year or the year before that or whatever. Yeah. Sure. Trees are like, you know, these green trees, is the blue cyclops, when she had her... Her second clutch, um, when she laid from the sickness, it was 18 months after her her, her very first her very first time she laid. So 18 months, mm. you know? Wow. That's
0: Damn. crazy. Real
3: weird, just a real weird, you know, timing. So, yeah, I'm pretty much, I'd pretty much do that. So, I mean, I just keep introducing them, just keep introducing them. Do you, mm-hmm.
1: uh, you know, once the female is, you know, once she's, say, ovulated, are, do you cease feeding at that point?
3: Yeah, once she's ovulated, she's they're not going to eat. I mean, it's really, really super rare. They, I, I've never experienced one. You know, once they ovulate, they're, they're done.
1: So eating. it's like similar to carpets, then? They kind of just yeah, turn well, off? Yeah, and, okay. yeah.
3: All right. yeah and, and, and royals, too. And that's a big, you know, that's why I, I know, Eric, you're a big proponent of um, food cycling. And mm-hmm. I will do that a, a little bit, but I will always offer them food because, first of all, if a green tree female refuses food and she's normally a, an aggressive feeder, that, that's a big tip right there that something just cool, good may happen. So mm-hmm. right. I'm, I'll, I may decrease the size or the frequency, but I'm always offering them food.
1: What about once she lays the clutch? Like what do you – what's your feeding regimen to get her back – up to, you know.
3: Yeah. Uh, slow. I mean, real slow. Slow? Like okay. Their first, yeah. First meal, you know, a small meal spaced out. Um, you know, their body's still recovering. I think all their systems are recovering, including their digestive tract. So, yep. a small meal. And once they take that and then, you know, over a period of the next month or two, then I'll, I'll increase, you know, kind of get them back to their, their normal feeding um, but, yeah, it's gotcha. nice to see that female, female eat again after she's after she's laid because so many things can go wrong um, with green trees, it seems like. And that's the one thing that we really – I think the husbandry aspect of, of taking care of green trees, we've got honed in pretty good, but the mm-hmm. reproductive part, you know, I think we still have a ton to learn. Got,
0: yeah. yeah
1: Yeah, they seem to, you know, what's – triggering them to go and is it the weather is it the you know light cycles is it who knows yeah. maybe a mix of everything above food cycling
3: yeah. uh, you know yeah. I, yeah, I don't know I wish I could tell you I mean I I really I really don't know I just kind of use a little bit of everything you know increased humidity maybe that works if it's raining out I'll open up my snake room door and you know pair them up if, it, if it's a temperature drops you know suddenly 10 or 20 degrees well maybe that's a good time to pair
0: but
1: mm. i i, I mean i can't i don't know about as far as um because we didn't make it as far up as like the cape york or whatever but we were we we're kind of up there but when we were in that you know in the in the habitat of the scrubs which is what i would think would be what the chondros the humidity was insane it was so it. humid Oh, my God. So I
0: yeah. I would
1: imagine that it somehow has to affect them. Like, I, I never thought about this, but today I was in my – so today we had temperatures here, uh, what was it, like close to 80 maybe?
2: Yeah, uh, it was 80 inside my house, yeah.
1: Right, yeah. so it's like yeah. 80 degrees here. And what I never know, I never noticed this. I don't know why, but I went into my snake room, and typically during the winter I'll put on a humidifier from time to time. But when I went in there t- today, I was like, oh, my God, it's so humid in this room. And mm-hmm. I wonder if it's like those things that are happening that maybe we're not necessarily picking up on. You know, it's it's sort of like I don't drop temperatures, but your room drops, you know, up and down, regardless of whether you're manipulating
3: it or not. Um, right. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe or even if you're even if your room's not dropping the outside temperature is dropping, right? Correct. And they, yeah, they can pressure. that. Yeah, pressure. Yeah. And yep, yep. They can
2: that. Yeah. So, well, I don't know. I think we talked about it a few times on the show. It's like there are many different triggers that you can use to get your snakes to breed, and some snakes need one trigger. Some snakes need three triggers. Some harder species need eight triggers in a year to go just knowing what you got to do. And once you start getting it in, I mean, Bill seems to be doing it, hitting every trigger, seeing who, which pair feels like this is a good trigger for me this time, you know, and that's, sometimes it's what you got to do. So, you know,
1: here's the other thing, not for nothing, but it seems that the chondro keeper, right? I'm just talking in general out generalities now seems to be more focused on sometimes I think sometimes too much to where they're Mm -hmm. like, So focused on what that animal is doing and, you know, oh, it moved a little to the right today. Oh, no, something might be wrong, you know? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Because there's special mystical dragons that
2: sit on trees. It's like, you know, it, no. But you know what I'm
1: saying? But it just seems like they're more in tune than a lot of other people, you know, not not trying to. I'm not trying to knock like royal python breeders. Well, maybe that's a bad example because yeah, well, they're producing them like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do retech breeders. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but like, if you look at some other other species of of snakes, they don't seem to be as 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 I don't know if I'm saying it right. But you know, do you guys know what I'm saying? Like, it's they're more attuned on what the snake is doing. Student of the serpent, if I, you will.
3: Yeah. You know? you know, I think part of that may be just pure visibility. I mean, I walk into my room. And all those things are just right in your face, you know, where the Royals, the carpets, I'm having to pull drawer after drawer, tub after tub. Um, But I walk into my snake room and I'm in there all the time. Uh, I can visualize what the green trees are doing. I don't, I don't pull the Royals and the carpets tubs open every time I walk in the snake room. But every time I walk in the snake room, I see what the the green trees are doing. Mm. So that's part of it.
1: Gotcha. Okay.
3: Um, what about as far
1: so this is another question I had that I thought it would be interesting and I, you brought it up on GTP keeper radio, but just about getting that female or getting, you know, your babies, uh, on that, you know, so they don't miss the growth curve, um, when they're, you know, babies, the juveniles, and then growing up to adults, like, you know, maybe you could hit on that just to share what your thoughts were on that.
3: I thought that was interesting yeah and i I will preface it by saying that what I have noticed is anecdotal um in other words, I don't have any kind of real solid evidence to to back up but i I think that there and i've and I've talked to other keepers about it I've talked to Gary about it uh in particular um and Mark Hager here um in texas and i think and I'm talking about really females um because I think there there is a growth curve for a female green tree Python. And I think a lot of keepers have gone overboard in the, you know, don't, don't feed these things. They need to be super lean. And, you know, if you Mm -hmm. feed them too much, they'll prolapse. And I think there's a growth curve with these things, you know, that 18 month to three year period where particularly females, that if you deprive them of, of food, not deprive them, that's not the right word, but if you, you, if you don't give them adequate nutrition, that they can get kind of a stunted um, appearance as an adult or, you know, become very small adults, which, you know, we, we all know in the wild, they they typically are very small, um, Mm. smaller than they are in captive collections, but that doesn't necessarily translate to better reproductive habits in captivity. So I like to give particularly my females that chance to show you know, are they are they gonna be a big female or are they gonna be a small female? And a lot right. of that is dictated by, by genetics of course. Um but as long as they're not obese, I want to give them that chance to become, you know, robust females. Yeah. And then and then once they do reach that female, that five year female size, then they require, you know, very little um food to maintain that size. So that's right. you know that's just my thought, and and I I and I say that because the classic example is is I acquired an animal, um, a year ago, and it was an animal that I had actually I wanted to try the importing Bushmaster thing because I wanted right. to learn. Just, just you know I I I didn't want to ever talk about something that I hadn't personally experienced. So I imported a group of animals from Bushmaster. Mm-hmm. Came in. Uh, I got them established, took them to the vet, got them treated, you know, reestablished. them, kind of like Harlan and, and Ryan Burke do, and then I, I resold them. And um, about a year ago, a, a guy had bought one of these animals, and after he bought it, when it was about 18 months old, he brought it back to me to sex it, and I sexed it as a male, and um, we talked about, you know, keeping the males small, lean, and And so he fed it appropriately and he needed to sell the animal long story short. And so about six months ago, I I reacquired the animal from him and it looked like a, a, it was five years old. It looked like a small male. Well, I had, at the time when I got it, I reprobed it and it, it turned out that it it was female.
0: Um,
3: but now I've got a very small five-year-old female, you know, he'd done everything right. He kept it small. He would fed it like I would feed a male, um, But as I've tried to put size on her, it just is not, it has not worked out. I mean, she's, she's just going to be a 400 or 450 (laughs) grand female and maybe I'll be able to breed her and maybe I won't, you know? Um,
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I've kind of run into that same thing with carpets is that I've had, you know, one that I thought was a female turn out to be a male. And then I'm like, oh crap, it's now a monster. and it's a male monster, and yeah. and I'll never find anything to breed it to. And I've yeah. also had the reverse where one that, you know, uh, was the other way around where now I have this really small female, you know, and it's like, I, I got to try to get you up to size and you can pump food into it. It just, it won't get any bigger. It'll just get fat. So yeah, it's exactly, like, okay,
0: exactly.
2: <laughs> you know?
3: Yeah. I mean, if, with a little bit of experience, you know the difference between an obese green tree and a robust green tree, you know.
0: Yeah. Right.
3: It's that's not rocket science. So. Yeah. Fat snakes don't breed either. So <laughs> well, right, exactly. Your your uh example about the male that you know, you turned into a monster male, you know, he's probably not gonna breed as a is a is a big old robust monstrous male carpet python.
2: The I have I have a six foot male carpet python, and the only thing he can breed to is my seven foot female carpet python. Anything else, it's a no go. So it's like, well, I guess you two are paired up for the rest of your lives. So yeah, yeah. Um, that's why we're, we're following the Eric Burke method of keeping things tinier. So you know, hobbit size, hobbit size carpets. All we yeah, want now. Yeah. I've changed. Yeah. I learned. Um, yes. I mean. Bill, you you're kind of talking about all these projects and all these other. Are you adding to the chondro projects? Like, are you actively hunting something, or are you just kind of seeing wherever your fancy takes you or what appears in front of you?
3: Um, you guys know that I'm. We're going to move here later this year, probably. Um, we're going to downsize our house, and I need a I need a much bigger snake facility. So I'm not really looking to add anything or grow this year i'm just trying to you know trying to stay where i am and and keep out of trouble until i can get this relatively large collection moved safely
2: yeah um well let's let's talk about that i mean you are you a little nervous about the move about moving the collection? yeah super nervous yeah yeah you
3: you know i mean you, you guys have both moved collections it's
0: yeah, it's, a, it's going to be a
3: daunting task. It's going to be stressful and kind of like Eric. Um, you know, I'm I've kind of even it's good because the green trees tend to have typically gone pretty early for me, so I'm kind of set there. I may have one other pair that uh, that goes, but um, I've really I'm going to decrease the royal uh, breeding projects this year and kind of anticipation of that, kind of like what, what Eric did right before he moved.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: yeah. That was the best
1: decision I made because the next year I had 14 clutches.
3: So,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> um, uh, the only yeah. advice I can give you is don't move during a snowstorm like I did. Cause that is not, yeah, it's not helpful. It's not good. It's a lot, yeah. it's a
3: lot less likely in Texas.
2: You like don't know. That. It'll be like, yeah. you'll have that. It would just be for you that freakish snowstorm <laughs> over Dallas. It's like, why? <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, and of course now we're talking about you you're moving i mean does this mean you get to design a brand new snake building i mean how fun absolutely.
0: is that I nice i can't wait absolutely
3: i can't, can't wait i've already got a few things kind of like penciled in that i just you know i just can't wait to have um you know looking at looking at Eric's place, you know, I just want like a massive sink, you know, like one of those, yeah, huge, huge sink, sink. you know, big old industrial dishwasher and mm. tons of electrical outlets that aren't you know six inches above the ground <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just
3: I just imagine Kim's
2: like, what kind of color do you want the kitchen? You're like, huh? What? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's like, you know, it,
3: it doesn't matter. It's human parts. It's
2: like, yeah. <laughs>
3: exactly. I'm, yeah, I'm going to be very focused on that room. The other thing I'm going to do, I'm going to put a separate quarantine room. I'm going to build yes. kind of a room inside a room. room inside. That's a room. A smart. Yeah. 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 You know, the, cool. doing these shows, I, I I always quarantine stuff when I – when I come back from shows and it sure would be nice not to have to do that inside the house.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and that that's kind of one of those things that we all need to definitely think about because I mean, it's how many people get burned for not quarantining or something like that. I mean, mites are just probably the least of the worries that we have to think about coming back from shows.
3: Yeah, but it's, it's the thing – mites are the thing that I think of most often. Um, yeah. Hand sanitizer, you know, of course, if anybody wants to handle an animal, they get hand sanitizer before. I think that helps some, but I don't know if that kills mites. Um,
0: yeah.
3: But you know, mites are the thing that I worry about the most, at shows. Yeah.
2: I mean, how do you know if a mite-phase green tree has mites? I mean, is <laughs> is it difficult? I mean, does it just Never, look – Normal? I, I, I mean,
0: well, yeah. I,
3: I, will tell you one, I will tell you one thing, and Christian Stewart told me this. Um, he has only ever seen a green tree soak itself in its water dish if it's had mites.
0: Oh. That's the oh. only
3: time he's, he's ever <laughs> seen green trees um, soak is if they've had mites. Yeah. So I always kind of keep that up. And even if they're too hot, they'll ground themselves, but they rarely, rarely, rarely get, get in that water, water dish if they have mites.
0: So uh,
2: we need to change the topic because I'm getting yeah, <laughs> <laughs> It might, might be gross. You get, yeah. Getting itchy. Um, you take off and you get from orbit. Only way to be sure. So, so yep. let's
1: let's talk about the another Morelia in your collection,
2: uh, Rough Scales. How are they doing? Thank How's you. That well, hello.
1: Stuff? I'm
3: back now. <laughs> I knew you so, were back. Yeah. Yeah. I love the Scales, They're doing great, but they are frustrating the shit out of me.
1: How so? <laughs> Breeding them? Well,
3: well, I'll, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. I have named yeah. my, my male Owen. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs>
0: he's, he's a shots fire. Teacher. I don't, I don't solid, know how to feel solid, about <laughs> this. Solid <laughs> right?
3: feeder, terrible Good. breeder. <laughs>
0: wow wait I (laughs) thought
3: Uh, he was coming
0: Uh, first off first off off, number
2: one thank you I mean I've never had a a rough scale named after me that's awesome but for all the wrong reasons Like, (laughs) dear god unfortunately
3: terrible breeder
2: unfortunately you and I are in the same boat because we have siblings um, and I tried to put mine together this year too. And they kind of just stared at me and I'm like, okay. So, yeah. You
3: know, I, I talked to, um, there's, do you guys know Brett Bender down in Austin? Yep, yep. Do you know that name? Mm-hmm. Yep, Brett. Yep,
0: yep, yep. I, was,
3: I was talking to him at the NRBC Arlington show and he has rough scales. He, he thought yep. he had acquired this, the same thing that I did. 1.2, right? Mm. But he ended up getting, having 2.1. And he said he never got any breeding activity until he put the three of them together, the two males Mm. and the female, all in the same tub. And before he knew it, both males were locking up with that female. So I don't – you know, he may be on something there. He said he he never saw any kind of combat. He never saw any uh, aggressive or defensive behavior between the two males, but they both locked up with that female.
2: So what you're telling me Bill is I need more.
0: <laughs> yes.
2: We both Which is okay, we both do. That's not a bad thing. No. But this hobbit creature is making me go to Australia. So and Look it's,
1: man, you
2: you want to stay he's home? Making me now. do it. No, no, no. <laughs> that's we can't do that Bring again. One
1: Bring one back? Bring one back? Australia?
2: <laughs> Yeah. Man. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's okay. Federal prison. Yeah. It's only a <laughs> thing. Yeah, it's okay like, yeah. <sighs> now, it's oh, so. I, I. I've heard that. Um, I've heard that working in scrubs a lot, especially uh, tannin bars, where it's like put them all together and then pull the males and the female, like se, like put like two point two together and then separate them, and then the males will continually breed or something like that. But then I've also heard people. Who don't do that and get success? So again, it just goes back to triggers, and um, I would hope that there are other kind of ways. I know that I like to play around with the sheds of males, so yeah. may- maybe I'll just wait till my mail sheds and I'll mail it to you, Bill, and then you can wait till your shed and mails it to me, yeah. and then we're good.
0: So yeah, it's- definitely.
3: No, definitely. I mean, and that's exactly what I talked to Brett about doing, um, is getting, you know, him to him to send me some mail sheds. I, I think I've kind of missed it and you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I I would tend to want to breed. I think I've kind of missed the window uh mm-hmm. for this year. I think I'll mm-hmm. probably just let him chill the rest of the year and and then maybe when the temps cool again this fall and winter uh try again.
2: Um, yeah. Uh, I I th- thought I was in some trouble, but my female was off food, and she, after I paired them together, nothing happened, I separated them, she nailed a rat, like, last week, harder than I've ever seen her, like, nail one before, so I'm like, okay, did you cycle yourself? Did I miss it? What are we doing here? So, I don't know.
3: Well, I mean, but you never saw any locks?
2: No, nothing. They weren't even near each other. One was up high, one was down low. It was yeah, no. Nah. Yeah,
3: that's that's kind of been and, and how how old are yours? Are they 4?
2: Yeah, the same the the yeah, yeah same yeah, years same as yours. yours. Mine,
0: right? Yep. Yeah.
2: Yep.
3: Yep.
0: But I so, think
2: mine are a little so, bit smaller than yours cuz they've been finicky and a little annoying and stuff like that. So I think yours are definitely bigger. Um my female take a medium, male still in small rat. Right? So.
3: Yeah, I mean that's all I feed my male anyway, is smalls. But my mm-hmm. my females are eating mediums. Um, I was kind of surprised when I saw the size of, of Brett's female. You know, yeah. I, I, maybe they're supposed to be a little bit bigger than I give them credit for. Um, yeah, I don't know. You think at four years old? You ready to do it? Well, my
2: my my boys before the one boy I had before I sent it to Nick, he was eating mediums and he was a big. I'd say yeah. it's the size of a juvie, of, of a of a good sized male carpet, so yeah, maybe they do need to be no. bigger.
0: Hmm. Maybe
2: they just, this is a, just need know, another
0: gear. Yeah. That's cool. Eric's getting right? sure. his first one.
2: <laughs> Eric's getting one soon. Eric, is. so he'll join the club. Yeah, you're getting uh,
3: one. Yeah, where? Uh, Nick. Very nice. A baby or what?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a female.
3: Very, very cool. I, yeah. I love them, man. They're so they're you know they, they're so different. They're yeah. They're, they're, they're just different. They're um they're not like holding a carpet python. They'll I don't I find them not to be quite as mobile as a carpet. They'll just kind of grab mm-hmm. you and they'll just kind of, kind of look at you. You know, it's mm-hmm. like they're, they're staring you down, studying you. They're really really cool.
2: Not aggressive in hand either. Like I've never had one double back and like bite me on the forearm like a white lip. You know, they just want to chill. So Yeah.
3: I've never even had any kind of uh sign that they would e- ever try to do that any of mine and I mm-hmm. they're they're just super chill.
2: Yep.
1: Yeah, it's like the the one snake that you wanna did you wanna see the defense
2: uh <laughs> the threat you display. Know, defense
1: <laughs> threat display from <laughs> And you can't get them yeah. to do anything.
2: <laughs> you
0: know? I've seen like, it. God. I've
2: seen it twice. When they arrived the first time and I opened up their container. And then uh-huh. when I went downstairs once, when I just moved them out of the tubs and into the arboreal cages, I went down with a, like a flashlight and my male flared it out for like a split second. And that's it. i oh. <laughs> like, you know, I, I don't understand how pissed off you have to make them to see it. Like it's. Yeah. I've yeah. never seen it. Yep.
3: I've never seen it with mine. It's cool. Uh, Owen. Owen, do you keep yep. yours
2: pretty
3: much like you keep your
2: carpets? No. <laughs> no, they're Some special. Different. No, they're, no special. they're special. Carpets special. are dirty creatures on newspaper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, <laughs>
1: he makes, he makes fun of Condro
0: people because Stop. they think they have
1: a magical snake on a stick. Stop it. However, he has a magical <laughs> snake on a ledge. That's it. It's it's a different.
0: <laughs>
2: or a shelf, I should say, shelf. Right. It's a shelf. It's a it's nice shelf. Is it right. All right. Dust
1: in there, or, or, or what? Well, no. So you got a shelf.
2: Yeah. So uh, I have these two arboreal cages that somebody nearby had made custom for chondros, and he sold them for ridiculously cheap, and I took them and I altered them for uh, the ruffies. They have. Uh, shelves, um, with cork bark that's like drilled down into it so they can get underneath the cork bark or sit on top of it. They have cool. heat panels. Um, they're on uh cypress mulch. There's a bunch of fake plants and crap in there. There's a bunch of cork <laughs> tubes and tunnels. And then there's like a hide box in the back. So, yeah.
3: You got a waterfall in there or anything?
2: I haven't figured out how to get it in there yet, but there will be like a river that runs through. No, it's and that's pretty much <laughs> where they're at. Um, But, like, they're – I try to keep – there's certain animals in the collection that I keep on mulch. Um, Anything that's a collier bridge just because I don't want to be changing papers, like, every other goddamn day. Um, Yeah. White lips, uh, the Timors, um, all that stuff that would just be – that are messy. Um, And then the ruffies. So,
3: yeah. I I keep – I also put that um, cork bark in with mine. They really like that. They, they do they really, yeah utilize that. And mine isn't so much a shelf it's just sitting in there it's a fairly thick piece but they're on top mm. of that all the time
2: i uh I, I put the the big flat pieces in with uh my madagascan hog nose, and they hide underneath it and then so do my uh blue beauty snakes they do the same thing too in there so cork bark like slab is my new favorite thing for collie and stuff like that um so, the the ruffies on the shelf they'll sit on top of the tube or inside of it, and that's how I kind of know that they're hunting because they'll start kind of almost hanging down, looking around down on the floor. Um, yeah, so that's usually better for that
3: i I experimented with putting like some uh, chondro perches in with mine, and they mm-hmm. didn't utilize them. Um, they, no, they just didn't utilize them they they would occasionally drape over them, but I found they liked the shelf better
2: they they don't like, because I found that out with when I got my first pair, and I tried putting chondro perches in there, and they didn't use them at all. And I talked with Julie, and she had some, and she said that they like larger, thicker things. So I used to have those grapevines in with them when they were tiny, and they yeah. wouldn't sit on the thin parts, but they would kind of coil around the big, thick parts. So, The shelf, they definitely use it because they'll be up on top of it and they can kind of just coil up and around, and that's what they want. And I kind of have gotten away from cork tubes because they'll jam themselves in the tube and then they kind of get a little afraid when you go to feed them. They'll kind of just kind of hide themselves in the tube and then they'll never come out and you'll miss the feeding. So I like having big flat pieces of cork in there or big round tubes where it's kind of easy for them to slide through. Um, but yeah, that, that, I love the cork stuff. It's really working well. And I mean, my buddy does monitors and he burns through cork tubes cause they'll just, his monitors will just break them apart, rip them apart and you'll just get rid of them. So I just scoop them up after he's done in into into various snake cages. So, yeah.
3: You know, I've never, I've never had one of mine have like a bad shed. I mean, no. they always just seem to shed perfect. They don't really require high humidity, Mm-mm. Um, I just have good sheds they're, they, they seem real they're, they're real low maintenance
2: they are and I have like small water bowls in there and you know I've never like noticed like dirt or anything every once in a while like my Madagascar yeah. hogs will cruise through the water and it's dirty and I have to throw it out it's never dirty with them it just gets swapped out yeah. on the normal stuff and uh, yep.
4: up yeah, until recently
2: here. I never had a problem feeding them either and You know, that's why when the female went off, I'm like, "What's up with you?" So, but back at it now. So we'll
3: see. What what about your what about your temps? What do you keep
2: that heat panel? panel? The heat panel gets up to eighty six during the day, and then they have a night drop. They're the only ones that have like a night drop throughout constant. Everybody else is like you're eighty four no matter what, but their computers shut off at. Probably eight, and then don't turn back on till eight in the morning, so they can gotcha. they drop down to about seventy-five maybe, and then that's it.
3: Yeah, yep. yeah. I keep um, I, I I keep my male actually in a uh, a rack that I keep my adult female royals in, and he will he'll get a night drop of like five degrees, yeah. but in my one of the females I have in a um, two by four uh, PVC cage. And mm. She gets she gets no she's she's like my chondro she gets no supplemental heat at night and they yeah. and both of them you know, seem to be doing great
2: yeah you 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 keep Owen in a rack next to the Royal Python <laughs> you monster
3: <laughs>
2: how dare I you knew, sir
3: I knew that I knew that would that would crush you
2: it, it it's just it's, all of this is crushing
3: <laughs> you know and and, I, and I'll make it even worse it's right next to a scaleless head. Whoa. Oh
2: my god.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: my, oh, my, oh my god. Oh my god. Right next to a scaleless head
0: female Are
3: you
2: working with the scaleless? Like, do you really want to get into that?
3: Hell yeah, I'm a monster.
0: You know that. But why? It's just so disgusting looking. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> <Horrible. laughs> Oh, uh, yes, Jesus. Eric, yeah.
3: defend me for God's sake!
2: No, no, don't
1: you go I, to I, his I'm, aid.
3: I, I,
2: <laughs> he's got nothing. <laughs> Quiet,
3: you.
1: Yeah, usually I'm quick on the draw when it comes to bussing on Owen, but Jesus Christ, uh,
2: you know. See,
1: he you crossed the line. <laughs> falling you short, <laughs> yeah. You went to Scalex. Oh, you said scaleless, you, you and I'm kind of thinking like, oh, I didn't know you were doing scaleless. Okay, all right, See? fair enough. I, I kind of got Eric. taken back for a second, but not that I, I don't, I don't the- care about it. I just, I just didn't know that you were working with him, That's all.
2: He's disgusted. Well, he just doesn't want to tell you. You know?
1: No, it's, yeah. My name is Owen. I, I'm not snobby I, about I,
2: these I, things.
1: Hey, <laughs>
3: I'm dis- I've disappointed. I've disappointed Eric before. I'm, and I'm sure I'll do it again. I can I mean, see that look on his face right now. <laughs> mm.
0: <laughs>
1: Scaleless. You evil, uh, evil Frankenstein, man. No. <laughs> no.
0: Yeah.
3: I, see, they, I thought I was mad. Yeah, no, I take you to a whole, no, a whole nother level. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, here we are. Eric, now, you if you breathe.
3: Eric, you have I shit have, that you produce that you don't even know what it is, okay? At least I know <laughs> what my shit is.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I have no clue, man. I still don't know. Don't it just know. is a cool-looking snake. Yeah. He's yeah. growing up. He's like, I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> you know, I thought for sure that I would be able to, uh, you know, talk to my uh, fellow Carpet Python breeders that, you know, are been doing this a little longer than me, and they might know. Nope. They didn't have a clue. They're like, <laughs> They're like sorry, that's man. weird. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's nope. just great. Okay. Well another snake that I'm gonna have to hold back. God damn it. <laughs> you know, like like that broke
2: your heart. I mean, you know, Jesus Christ. There comes a poison having... I mean then then you're sell actual... a poison ivy ba- poison ivy baby. I bet you oh, no. heard that and he's on his way to your house right now. No way <laughs> you
3: know oh, Hell no Yeah, you're oh. having to breed those to to prove them out. You know, mm, you're not going to know
2: what's in there you read it. Yeah. Isn't that
1: annoying? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm at, I'm at a loss it's, with them.
2: That's well. almost why I want to just breed water pythons. Why? Because it's a damn water python. You want it? It's a water python. <laughs> what's it look like? It looks like a water python. What's a it going to grow into? A water python. Water, water, water water python. A water python. A special pythons. Philly water <laughs> python. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... um are you adding anything to your collection bill other than Contras? Or are you gonna again you're waiting until you get into the new place and then I can God are you gonna go home? Owen, while?
1: are you paying attention to the show or No what? He just no! said not even twenty minutes oh, ago, I know. that he's not adding what? anything oh. in.
2: I, oh. I wait, wait <laughs> we're rephrasing. Is I know it was the go, next question. What is he on gonna add? Ad line,
0: but it was in my Lord. head.
2: <laughs> Hold on. When you get
0: there, I are you going to
2: add anything? That's a get. lot better. Thank, thank, thank you, that. Eric. Oh, yeah. Jesus
1: All right. Christ. I'm back on the game. Are All you right. gonna, All right. When
2: you <laughs> get there, are you going to add anything other than Condras? Like, are you preparing for other stuff?
3: Well, I I did see the question on the outline, so I, I did think about it. And since Kim won't let me have any venomous stuff. <clears throat> Jesus. Ooh trying to what keep would you alive. get? That
1: hold on, let's pause for one second. If you could get venomous, yeah.
3: what would it be? Tree viper. Oh, no, absolutely there's no doubt about really? it. I'd get some of that shit. Cody and P is producing the that those are like that Sri Lankan pit viper. I want one. Of yeah, those. those are pretty. God. Yeah. God, awesome, terrifying, right
2: Bill, pretty.
1: Bill, have you seen
3: their place? No, I know you have. Holy
1: shit! When I tell no. you that, like, it's it's a whole nother level. Like, yeah. I, I've never seen anything like it.
3: Holy mm. hell! I've I've, I've heard it. Um, my understanding is is they have venomous snakes in every single room in their place except the kitchen, maybe. Yes. <laughs> is that right? It's
1: it's really not a house. It's a kitchen with a bedroom maybe and like you know it's like snake the house around the rest (laughs) um yeah no i just mean even just their approach to just displaying the animals uh, it's it was it blew my mind i I was blown away by it crazy
3: Mm -hmm. i will get there i will get there eventually i will get um even if they don't host the next southeast carpet fest I bet I could go take a visit. Um,
0: oh know, yeah! During
3: it, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I'd love, love to see it. But
0: yeah, I uh, could see why you'd want Owens. them. Oh. Yep. Back to
2: Owen's question that was completely yeah, legitimate. Yeah.
3: All right. So this, you know, I've thought about it today, and this is what this is what I would do, and I think the timing potentially could be pretty right. Is I would like to get some Bowens pythons.
2: Holy and shit! Really? Um, You're going to go there?
3: And I say that because I think by the time I'd be ready, I think Keith and Ari are going to have these things um, drilled in. And I think one of those two guys is going to produce some here. And once they do that, then that would kind of be my signal to maybe get in on the project.
2: So, I mean, you're building a new snake building facility whatever are you laying out the details of where you would put cages for those guys
3: no but it will it's going to be big enough that if I decide to that I'd be able to house them Um, I'm going to build a big place Um, and so um, yeah
0: that's that that
3: that would be my next big project okay what an
2: excellent (laughs) answer to a completely legitimate question
0: so, is that something
2: yeah. that
1: you've always wanted or is that something that like recently that has, has have you thought about or has, is...
3: well, I mean, ever since I cast, when I saw that one, uh, there, yeah. it, mm. remember that one It was a juvenile, I think it was yeah. a, a juvenile man yeah. or something. It was in shed, right. It was in shed at the time.
0: And yeah. it was just,
3: it was incredible. I just, you know, I, I, I fell in love with it there and it's something that I knew I couldn't keep here and now, but I think looking forward into the future, you know, it, it's got certainly got has a possibility. Yeah, that's, I cool. Agree. that's cool. That's yeah. cool. And it, and again, you know, it's one of the one of the things that kind of drew me to to green trees was this. Um, it's turned out to be kind of a, a myth now in the husbandry that they're they're more difficult or mm-hmm. experienced only. That that's not the case. I don't think we with green trees anymore. I think the reproduction is, but um, that kind of also draws me kind of some of the allure of the Boland's python, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean,
3: it's almost like people
2: are calling it a difficult snake and it's not worth the time just because it doesn't breed. It's like, okay, you, you don't have to breed it. <laughs> it's like, you know, you can try, but it's not going to be the end of the world. So, I don't know. I I I think you could have total success just keeping it and having total fun with it that way. So,
1: I think that's yeah. the key to success with these things. I think that's mm, what people yeah. keep forgetting about. And I think that's why Keith in particular is going to be the one that's successful with it because he seems to have just like figured out what works for his animals and then he's just going to stick with that. And yeah. you know, I think over time, whether it's this year or next year, but and I I would bet by next year he would be producing
3: them.
0: Yeah. Just he's Hopefully. in you know,
1: tune with the animals, you
3: know. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's he's the perfect guy because he's had decades of experience with a bunch of different species that mm-hmm. you know that has is now enabling him to see things in his bowlings that I'm sure you and I and that the three of us would never even recognize or think significant.
4: Mm-hmm. That
3: kind of stuff. It's, it's that kind of stuff. I think that's gonna lead them to the next level. And, and then, you know, again, it's, it's going to be people like him that are going to be the gateway to then people like us or me, whoever decides to, you know, decide to go in that route because Keith will be very open, you know, with what he's learned and information. And then, you know, maybe, maybe I'll be second generation people that, you know, successfully reproduces them because, oh, and, oh, and I know what you're saying about, you know, you can you can have animals and keep them and not have to breed them. Like like my rhinos, uh, that's the way I am with them. I I think they're cool snakes, um, right? But I have no plans on really breeding and reproducing them. But if I ever got into Boland's python, I would be focused day one. I want to learn how these things reproduce.
2: That'd be a cool project to chase. I mean, I'm saying that, and I've been chasing white lips for you know ever. So, you know, every once in a while I feel like you need those hard puzzles because then it's something to figure out. And then if you have success, it's not only good for you, but it's really good for the hobby as a whole because now there are captive-born and bred animals to enter into other people who are passionate about it and they can continue to further the species of the captive population, and that's good. So, yeah. I I'm hoping
3: it. that I'm hoping that Boland would be like Green Trees are, were like, 40 years ago you know because mm-hmm. i don't really have legitimate concern about green trees in the wild um you know between deforestation and uh, uh them being pluck- plucked out of the wild you know i've got a legitimate concern that you know that species may you know really have some upcoming problems existing in the wild in indonesia and in australia uh so yeah. i think the more the more that we can produce here in captivity and offer offer that as a viable option, you know, I think it's just it's just a win-win.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, and all had, all Indonesia being shut down, importation, and now with the rules from CITES under review for Australian species going from border to border, you know, potentially everything that's here in the United States is all we're going to get. From a lot of those places, so it'd be nice to try to finally start figuring out these animals. Otherwise, uh, a lot of them are going to be pretty rare to come by. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. That's a pinnacle species, uh, you know. For well, it's kind of like one of those ones for most people that keep Morelia. I mean, I know they're not Morelia anymore, but that was always kind of the the one that one day I'll work with these, you know,
0: <laughs> but, uh, sure, sure.
3: and you know, they're just, uh, because of their size and their requirements, they're not a, uh, they're not a legitimate animal for a lot of people to work with.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, not to mention and the they, price tag kind of keeps people some, you know, yeah uh, some people yeah. away from it, you know? Um, but, uh, I think, I think once, once they're sort of, you know, a couple generations in, I think you'll start to see just. I would. I would venture to guess that they'll be similar to like with everything. You know, I mean, you know, you got the wild stuff, and it's difficult to breed, and you know, then you get a couple generations in. I mean, look at royal pythons now. I mean, yeah, I think
3: absolutely. They, you're they're right.
1: Per, they're pretty easy, right?
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, a 12 year old boy can do it. But they, you know, back in the day, they. <laughs> They, they were thought to be difficult species to, you know, to reproduce. So I think you're exactly right. Get a couple generations of captive bred animals mm-hmm. know, un- under the belt, so to speak, and, you know, boy, that yeah. that's what we need. So
1: here's a question, and I know, uh, when you can hold your ears for this if you want or whatever, but with – You know, Royal Pythons, do you see yourself getting into some of those, uh, like the Magma or the Pompeii or anything like that? Uh, I mean, I know,
2: obviously, you've got Scalus head, but do you see yourself going in that
1: direction at all?
2: Yeah, he's going to make Magma, Scalus, head for hippopotamus. (laughs) I mean, haven't you been listening to the show?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Damn
3: it. You You know what's funny is is my my royal collection is actually very um low end like i produce a lot of just wheelhouse you know that two three five hundred dollar um animal and you know that's just kind of my niche and i don't mind that uh those are the animals that i can take to a show and sell a buttload of them and not have to rely on that one you know that one big sale Mm
0: -hmm. um
3: it's kind of ironic that i'm dealing with kind of some upper echelon green trees but my my ball python production is really pretty pretty medium to to low grade and um i, I have no real desire or plans to invest like in a big high dollar uh royal project That just it just doesn't seem right to me and, and i don't really right. know why um but, no, I'm, I'm not going to be going there. I'm just going to continue to produce a bunch of Pides and Blue-Eyed Lucys and, you know, candies and, you know, just really cool, low, you know, mid-range stuff that, that I like, that I like to produce. Right. Okay. Hey,
0: man. Range, not that. Though.
2: No, the, yeah, I mean, no, that I mean, the $300 range is really good because it's like once a really good morph hits that range... You know, people who just want it because it looks cool and want it as a pet. You get those guys involved, and so now you've got the amateur breeders, the people who want it as a pet, and it's that that range is really kind of where I think I wanted to end up being with the collier breeds that I have, and with the retics is just kind of be in that three to five hundred dollar range. So yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, that's so you know. I, I... go ahead, Eric.
1: No, no, no. Go ahead. There's, there was a question that popped I, I, up in the chat, but go ahead and finish your thought.
3: Well, mm. I, I was just going to say, you know, one of the things that I really like to do at the shows is I like to get people, um, new people involved, whether it's their first green tree, they've kept Royals, you know, mm-hmm. they've kept others but it's their first green tree, or even if it's just their first snake, man, you know, I, I just like that. I don't, maybe I'll get tired of it eventually. Um, but I haven't so far. Um, But I I just, it's really part of the the thing that I think is fun,
0: you know? Yeah. Yeah.
3: And you're not going to do that that with selling a Pompeii or, you know, some of these other just crazy high-end royals. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it seems like, you know, I don't know. It seems like you have to be the guy that's sort of leading the way with those projects in order to get any kind of, Money out of them. I could be wrong, but you know, I mean, I bet yeah, you, I, you know, he produces that thing, and everybody wants a red stripe, you know, that kind of deal, and all of a sudden you're selling them yeah, like crazy. I, I, don't
3: I, I don't know because I'm so far distance from that, and I'm so far distant from that market and those people. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just have no idea. All I know is that I've been successful, you know, just the bread and butter wheelhouse stuff that I like to produce, I sell I sell out every year. It doesn't matter how many of them I produce. I, I think I produced four hundred royals last year and I'm holding on shit. probably about, about 7, seventy five
0: you,
1: you know left. How, how did you do that with a full time <laughs> job? <laughs>
3: Holy I shit don't, I don't I don't know. I ask myself every day when I get up now, I well, go how in the did i do that last year <laughs> how
2: many baby well, how many ball python clutches was that because i mean like they were they're not having 20 to 30 eggs like dear lord
3: they have you know seven Six. eight eggs. Yeah. To do the math I mean, holy crap just a tremendous number of and it was one of those just kind of freak years where probably 80 percent of my females went and all the all the eggs survived and all the babies thrived and i just i mean i was just full full of baby ball pythons but they've all sold and are, and are still selling so
1: that's awesome man they pay for yeah. new uh chondros and uh, more chondros <laughs> <laughs> building a reptile building and all those things <laughs> hell yeah uh, exactly all right so we or got the two chat questions yeah, two questions in the chat. What this one from William says? Whatever happened to that red ball?
3: I don't know what that means. Does that yeah, mean? I mean I'm the red, yeah, the ball. red ball was a project very similar to uh, the Panther. Very similar. It, oh. uh, it was Supposedly a new recessive uh, that came out of Poland. Okay. Oh, I remember right. that. Yeah,
2: someone painted a ball python. Got it.
3: So. Yeah, this was a red red ball python and um it was actually supposedly an albino black ball was the red ball python and i almost got involved in it um but long story short it never materialized um and so it's it's a defunct uh, fake project okay Mm.
1: all right well there you go william all right now ryan has a question that says now with reproducing gtps how can we push people away from the Repticon special? You know that we crank out enough captive born and bred beox to hurt the jobbers who are pointing off imports to the wrong people. Or are we going to try to educate on a larger scale and try to put out media to inform people? Uh, what is y'all's take on that problem?
2: Well, in my opinion, you're never going to stop the importers or the jobbers but you can possibly try to get to the customers to uh, hopefully educate them. Um, we've kind of been talking about how you spent, you you know, it's your dollar, spend it where you should for about eight years now. So I'm not sure if that's made a dent or anything,
3: but we'd like to think it did. So, um, but Bill, what do you think? <laughs> no, I think, I think that's right. I, I mean, I think you're right until they um, legalize the, importation of, of all green trees from Indonesia you're still going to have that market um, and it's going to you know it seems like it's a pretty robust one but I really think the numbers and I I don't have any evidence to base this on but it seems to me like there's less coming out there's certainly less being produced on the Bushmaster farm
0: mm.
3: uh, than there were the passing of Vladimir. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. I know the Bushmaster production is down um, and I think there's just going to be less of them available to be plucked from the wild in Indonesia over the next decade, um, even if they even if they are able to still legally export out of Indo, but I think Owen's right. I think education, um, you know, will go a long way, um, and then just as we learn more and more about how to be able to successfully breed them in captivity, that's going to open up the, the markets here just like I, I think very few royal pythons are imported anymore from from sub-saharan africa right i mean right when we first got into it in, into royals 20 years ago they estimated 200 to 300,000 baby ball pythons were imported in, into the u.s alone every year
2: holy two hundred thousand! yeah wow i mean Gone are the, uh, the the Hamburg special where it's like they open up the crate and there's a bunch of sacks of ball pythons and some of them are marked gravid and people are buying these wild caught gravid females because they might lay eggs and hatch something cool looking. Um,
0: right. So we haven't right.
2: seen that stuff. I mean, and also, yeah, I would say that I've seen less and less baby green tree pythons at the dealers and flippers tables than I used to. I used to see a bunch usually every couple, every, usually about every spring you'd see a bunch. And now it's yeah. like maybe three or four per, like per jobber. So, yeah. Yeah, I,
3: I would agree with that. And um, I, I don't have a lot based on show-wise because I haven't attended a lot of shows, you know, mm-hmm. traditionally, but like the Arlington and ARBC show, there was very few of them there. Um, yeah. So, you know, we just, we have to learn to do better to, to reproduce them in captivity.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I think, you know, car, it probably falls into that same thing that we have with carpets, you know, somebody wants it for cheaper and really mm-hmm. it comes down to the price. So, you know, you know, you have it's $200 cheaper or something like that, but you know, especially, you know, okay, I'll give it to you with a carpet you're probably going to be successful with that no matter what, but you know, you still with a, with a, with a condro, you want to be able to talk to the breeder. I don't know. To me, that's just priceless. And I know mm-hmm. we, we say that, but it just, it doesn't matter. It seems that people just, you know, are f- so focused on that price. And then, you know, they get it and then they're spending $200 on the vet bills and then they're in the same situation with a snake that, you know, all of a sudden just keels over. And then, you know, I think it just adds to that um, misconception about the species, you know, and yeah. the yeah. cycle continues.
3: So. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think we're, we're doing everything we can to try to break that cycle and, you know, GT Keeper Radio is not the place to break that cycle, right? Because like <laughs> Eric right. alluded to, most of the people listening to that show, you know, know the, the do's and the don'ts. And, or if, if you do do, the risk that you're taking, we got We just got to get into these other markets. And um, it's, you know, that's why I've, I think, you know, going to these damn shows and just showing up yeah. with some captive red green trees is, it's just got to be, you know, a big part of that.
1: I was thinking that that's that's one of the drawbacks to Facebook as well because just the just the way that Facebook is set up, right? You're mm-hmm. sort of like in your little corner of the hobby. Mm-hmm. And you're yeah, sort of right. isolated from the rest of the hobby. So like if you're into yep. say morelia, you know, you're on the morelia viridis forum, you're on morelia pick of the week, you're on the Morelia from Australia, you know, you're on these different, but it's all sort of the same. So, you're, you know, you'll have newbies that come along and hear about it. How, you know, maybe they listen to GTP keeper radio or this show or Chondrocast cast or whatever. And, <clears throat> you know, they, they, they learn about it that way or they're, you know, but I, I don't know, man, it's we're, we're not, we're not hitting the people we need to, dare I say right. hey, we bar check it yep. <laughs> I don't know how you do that without, <laughs> but I'm just saying like that guy he reaches an audience yeah. that's just like
0: right. you
3: know no
0: that, yeah I'm,
3: yeah that's you know a million over a million YouTube s- subscribers and
0: yeah I think
3: we, we had this discussion before maybe we didn't I don't remember um but you know he came to my place
0: mm-hmm. and yeah
3: wanted to film my collection and Um, I had to do some serious kind of soul searching isn't the right word, but I I thought about it, you know, do I, do I want to have Brian Barczyk to come and film my collection? And, uh, because you know, he's, he's with, with some hobbyists, he, he doesn't have the most sterling reputation, Mm -hmm. Um, right? but but there were two reasons that I ultimately did it. And I'm super glad that I did do it. One of Mm -hmm. them was, um, Forrest Fanning and he are friends. And yeah. right. I like Forrest, I trust Forrest Fanning. And so, right. you know, when Forrest says, hey, listen, this guy's, you know, he's not going to burn you, he's going to come down and, uh, you know, and, and he's going to do a good job, he's going to do you right. And sure enough, when he came down here, he did do that. He was
0: he was very humble,
3: he was not a know-it-all, he wasn't a this is my show. Um,
0: mm-hmm. He did
3: all the right things, said all the right things. But in the law, you know, when it's said and done, I had potentially a million ball Python people because that's who subscribes to his channel, right. learn something about green tree pythons. Yeah. Correct. You know,
0: all right. I mean,
2: so now that I I'll look back
3: st- at it, it was a no brainer, you know, of course, yeah. of course I'm going to have our come and and, you know, put a vo- one of my a vlog out.
2: Yeah.
0: All
2: right. So, um, I'll start growing a ponytail. And, uh, <laughs> we'll go from there. All right. Yeah.
1: I, I guess my, I guess my, what I'm saying is it's sort of like Bill said, it's like, you know, if Bill didn't make that decision to do that and he sort of went with what the hobby, you know, like, let's just say the Morelia hobby for sake of argument,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, would want you to do in that situation, then would you have gotten in front of those people? And you may have hit more people with that than you would, you know,
2: anytime else yeah,
3: yeah. absolutely no, no doubt about it. doing this show or GTP keeper radio sure i mean mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. you know I, I hit many many tens of thousands of more people that are not green tree people or not yeah. you know carpet people so yeah that's- i often wonder
1: <clears throat> i don't know if you what you guys have thought about but like i wonder you know with the podcast like how do we put that in front of a different group of people, you know, like it seems it's easier with YouTube maybe, but like, how do you get people that are not into, because I still have people that contact me and they're like, did you ever have so-and-so on the show? I'm like, uh, yeah,
0: yeah. Many <laughs> I mean, times. It's, it's, it's a, yeah. in
1: the, it's in the archives. You know? um, and, like, and like, so, so for some reason they're not seeing it. I guess.
2: Well, you know, we could I'm run There's advertising stuff you can run. We can always add that stuff on. Um, you just reminded me that I really have to send an email to Joe and Melissa to get all their, uh, how they do merchandising and stuff like that, so i got to bother them again. Um, but it's the, it, it, there, there's ways to put that out there, but maybe we've now saturated to the point of Maria, we need to move on to try to get, other people involved. So does that mean that we should start interviewing further out than Morelia than we've ever gone before? You know, the uncharted you, territories.
0: So. You guys already do this. You <laughs> yeah. guys
3: already do this. You, you have non Morelia people on your show all the time. Mm. What sure. we need to do is we need to get on non Morelia shows. We need to get on a retick show. You they know, like
2: Eric. To... they'll 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 ask Eric to do stuff. Nobody asks me.
0: <laughs> <So it's>... <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. You're right, Phil.
3: You know, um we need to get on, on a BOA podcast, you know, mm. as a guest. You know, I mean it's just right.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the only way I'll, that you're gonna spread No, you're, you're gonna, right. Yeah, that's just, that's the only way you're you gonna advertised. spread the word. You know, yeah. you got to get out there in front of that new group of people. And I often think well, that like with, with my choices as far as like what groups I'm posting in, you know, like do I go and join a group that has nothing to do with, you know what I mean? Like a general reptile group on Facebook. Yeah. And, uh, do it. you
2: know, and then you know what I mean? when we're doing a podcast every every week. And then the other thing is like, let's, I, I rarely listen to other podcasts but I started to, like, if they have you on it's a guest, I start downloading them and checking them out. And I now have sure. a few more things in there that go through it. Now, you know, obviously, I listen to Reptile and Chill because I just want to hear them say tortoise all the time. And, you know, and that's...
0: <laughs>
2: they, oh. I do love how they say that. Tortoise, <laughs> that's all I want. If they can just say that, I'm good. But, of course, now I know they listen, and we're going to get L for that later,
0: but right. you know,
2: it's like that, but you know, I start listening to like, they have you on, they had Riley on, they have people I know on. So I'll listen to that kind of stuff. So that's the other thing too, is that if we go on other shows too, that's another option or even just a general reptile thing. If we find another promise, we can put on, we can post the pick of the week all day that we're doing a podcast. We run the pick of the week. You've got there, yeah. You should know what the podcast is like. We we should go to another place and talk to the people who run that and ask them if it's okay to throw up when we're doing a podcast to try to get more listeners, more this, more other things. I would love to find some way to get all our archived shows on a website where you can search the archive and find episodes about certain animals that you want to listen about. Um, Work on
1: that, Owen. I know, I
2: know, I know, I know. I know. So I think when that happens, that'll be great, because you can just get on there and type in blackhead, and you'll get every single podcast episode we ever did that had a freaking mention of a blackhead, you know? And then, that be cold holy crap, be cold now you. you have interviews from every single blackhead breeder that's out there. I mean, awesome.
0: So, yeah. You know, what
3: about, I mean, you guys have the audience to do, you know, almost like a trade-out show. Like, you would have... Mm-hmm. You know, guests of some, you know, retick podcast on, and then in return, they would have you guys on, you know, on their show.
2: We've done that, but I, I also want to make sure that we're not going to get
0: <laughs>
2: trapped because we've been challenged through debates and come on my show and I'll throw down kind of crap, and I don't feel like getting into those. So <laughs> that would be the only thing I would want to worry against so but we'll see
3: oh that's one specific person yeah (laughs) i know but that annoyed me yeah
0: me too but uh, what
3: my snake my snake's better than your snake kind of thing or what
2: yeah uh, 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 yeah (laughs) yeah pretty yeah yeah let's let's start the war between the two and that's when i let eric deal with it where he's like hey man well, I like to think of it like music and guitars and everybody's got a different guitar that they like to strum. And I'm like, what? So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what
1: I kind of do that for a living. I keep the peace. So it's kind of easy. To, uh, <laughs> it's easy to do that, yeah. yeah. You know, yep. it's yes, you easy do. to kind of, <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, so here's a question, Bill. I know you are really not, um, a guy that goes herping, right?
0: Mm. But let's just mm-hmm. say,
1: True. let's just say that you could go anywhere in the world and you would be staying at a five-star resort hotel. <laughs> and You could walk <laughs> out of the hotel and there would be a reptile right there. What would that reptile be and where would you go?
3: Uh, I'd go to Indo for sure. Mm. Right? Uh, yeah, and, and there's so many that I'd I'd want to – in the wild out there I mean I would love to see green trees in the wild uh, I'd love to go with Ari on his bowling, you know, yeah. his bowling um, those are the two that come to mind you know just, just right out of the top of my head it certainly wouldn't be Africa looking for Royals
0: <laughs> it's in that termite mound bill, over there oh. i can see bill man yeah. in
3: a chopped,
1: chopper to go up to find rough scales over in the Kimberley, you know well, <laughs> like, uh, or
2: i can imagine i could imagine us in this beat-up jeep wandering through australia and then behind us is like the bus that like acdc took on tour and that's where bill stays <laughs> and he comes out every once in a while to see what we're doing you know and it's yeah. like you know Did you find anything the, yet guys you find not anything not yet? yet no all right well let me know when right. it goes back in wake, yeah so right.
1: wake wake me up when you do i'm, I'm, I'm exactly going i'm
2: going take a nap right,
1: right.
3: It's like yeah so yeah I'm so a, if you had
1: the yeah. had the opportunity you would want to see some some green trees in the
3: wild yeah okay i think i think so green trees in the wild um you know at night uh coming up on one in that ambush position kind of like uh Dan did in that that video. I, I saw that and I was like, man, that looks so cool.
2: That is awesome. Yeah,
3: I'd like to do that. Okay.
2: Yeah, cool.
3: Well, hey, you got
2: all this time, dude. I mean, you can you can go all over the place now. You're you're one of those retirees now. I mean,
3: gotta... uh, it seems like I still have so much to do. I'm telling yeah, well, you. Well, I move, mean, this move know. is going to be it's going to be a it's going to be a stressor. Getting a yeah. place built and, and moving this collection and getting our house sold and downsizing and all that. You know, we've been in this house 23 years. There's Jeez. shit in here that, that I can't even imagine what's up in our in our attic and you know. Oh yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a long year as far as that goes.
2: You going to make yeah. sure the new place has got a pool too and a, and a room for a Eric pool. and Owen in case. Okay. Absolutely. You know. All right.
1: A- absolutely.
2: Cool you know. Hey man, I'm a
1: pro. I've moved four collections at this point, so if you need help, just you know hit me up and
0: I'll, I'll fly. Yeah, I'm we down. got we Give We a got hand. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I, yeah, I might fly both you guys down uh, to help me out. Gary said he'd come down and help me too.
0: Sweet, oh, yeah, man. You
2: know, I'm good with that.
3: <laughs> I got, yeah. I'm fine I got with a that. bunch of local. I got a bunch of local help too. So you know, so many of the guys down here are just such. You know, good guys—they'd do anything for me if I just asked them. So I, I know it'll get done. I know it'll get done right. It's just I'm already starting to stress about it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody can take that stress away. As well as you know, double, triple, quadruple checking everything, even after you've moved in, just because yeah. there's there's a lot that can go haywire. But then also, the weird thing is, every once in a while, when you move them. It's like all of a sudden you turn around and all your females have now ovulated because something happened. So yeah. who knows? Yeah. You could really go into that too. Well,
3: absolutely. Um, I'm just gonna be, you know, I'm gonna go my pessimistic. Um, be prepared for the worst and hope for the best.
0: That's yeah, kinda, that's, that's how
3: that's my good. approach on green trees. So
1: yeah, <laughs> seems to be working. That's so. a, good <laughs> of, <laughs> it's a good approach
3: for green trees.
1: Yeah. Right. Oh. All right. So, what's on uh, before we jump off? What's on? What's next on deck for GTP Keeper Radio? What's uh, yeah. what do you got in the pipeline? Anything I cool? I don't
3: think we have. I don't think we have a show a show planned. Um, you know okay. me; I'm just a hired help. The, uh,
0: pre- <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, You're you know the Owen I'm of doing? the group. Hey, okay. <laughs>
3: hey!
2: Just because I was about to say that doesn't mean you two can. You <laughs> know,
0: <laughs> <say>
3: Jesus. <laughs> My okay, number uh, one. My number one job on that show is to make sure Buddy stays awake. You know, I got to make sure he doesn't doesn't drift off and fall asleep halfway through the show. Uh,
1: I feel your pain, Buddy.
2: (laughs) Hey, it's like how I say it's the – clearly Eric and I just have the Ed Sullivan show going on where he's the host, and I just have to sit and go, ha-ha, you are correct, sir. Like, that's – I know my – I know my place – I'm the Ed McMahon. I got it, and it's like, yeah,
1: you do it so well, though.
2: <laughs> I know. I'm the plucky comic relief. I know. Yeah. You All witty right. son of a bitch!
3: You. <laughs> God damn it!
0: <laughs> uh, well,
3: I am glad. I'm glad that we got to throw a couple of shots back at, uh, back at Owen tonight because
1: he came I'm, out swinging.
2: I'm, I'm a, yeah, I'm he a, did, man. I wasn't gonna you, let you down, Bill. You, it took you me a me up. over, like you know. <laughs> I'm like I was I'm like he named his rough scale after me and then it was like a punch in the heart and it was like oh oh yeah. Oh no.
0: yeah. yeah.
3: named it after you but not in a good way. Exactly. Yeah. He
2: brings me up and then rips me down. It's like yeah, that
3: was
1: that was good. <laughs> you don't you don't know what the high feels like unless you felt the low. You know low.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotta gotta We've got to tear them down so we can build them back up. I mean, yeah, that's Jesus. right. That's right.
2: When's the building happen?
0: awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: maybe, maybe next, next season. Next, next season. Year. Next, yeah, next, <laughs> next season. When yeah. I'm not on.
0: Yeah. When I'm you not know. On. Yeah.
2: In in four years when we bring Bill back. Yeah, I got you. So. There you go. God. Cool, man. All yeah. right.
1: Well, uh, how how do people get in touch with
3: you if they? Uh, yeah, throw all that out there. Facebook is probably the best way you know I'm Bill Steagle on Facebook um I've got Instagram I'm Phoenix Reptiles on Instagram uh, I do have a website but uh, the contact information there isn't isn't real great it's phoenixreptiles.net I don't keep up with that website like I should uh but really Facebook I'm I'm on Facebook all the time especially these days so find okay. me find me there Awesome It's awesome. great
1: Pleasure as uh, always sir
2: Well,
3: well yeah. and uh,
2: Bill, uh, Northeast Carpet Fest is June eighth. Just letting you know,
3: bro. Yeah. I am booked. It's done. It's yes. a done deal. We've got the <laughs> we've got the hotel and the airfare already set. So, yes. yeah Kim and I will All right. be there.
2: Awesome. Nice. I'm excited. <sighs> uh, I mean, uh, it
3: is the, it is the
1: you know the
2: the OG tradition. carpet fest. I mean, you can't miss it. Yeah.
1: It's, it's the go. Amateurs. Yeah. yeah. Go. <laughs> 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 uh, not,
2: awesome! Not All right. Awesome! Thanks, Bill.
3: All right, Bill. Great talking with you guys. I knew it would be.
2: Definitely. Likewise.
3: All right. Take care. We'll, we'll catch you
2: today. soon. Cool. Dude, that hurt. Like my stomach hurts. I was <laughs> laughing too hard for that.
0: Yeah.
2: <sighs> I'm I knew
1: that <laughs> we, always, we always have a blast with Bill. What a good guy. Uh, he, is
2: a, he is a good guy, for sure. I can't wait. Um, you know, and it's like you, you we're 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 inching ever closer to Northeast Carpet Fest and this is when I'm gonna well, start getting excited about who's coming. Yeah, so.
1: so I prepared I started to prepare for Northeast Carpet Fest today. Mm. Um, which was brutal. Because mm. I'd go out back and pick like, eighty
2: degree it'd be only eighty degree day in like oh, the week God. to do it.
1: Dude. <laughs> I don't I, I don't go out <laughs> I don't You're go out in the by. cold. All right. I don't I don't go out in the cold. So my yard hasn't been I haven't been in my yard since November. And <laughs> I went out there and I'm like, what the hell happened? Like Dory was in charge of the yard and it's like everything is just a mess. And I'm like, there's no way this can stand for carpet fest. So I'm out there um, pretty much hoeing, uh, raking, uh, any tool that you could use that uh, somehow involves the ground. And, you know, oh my God. I was like, man, I don't care what Owen says. We'll downsize and give out tickets next year. We cannot <gasps> no! do it
0: here. <laughs> Crap.
2: All right. Well, I, I guess I better start doing stuff in my house now to get it ready. Uh, all right. No. But,
1: no, in all seriousness, uh, no. I just I figured I'd get a, 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 a jump on it because well uh, the reason is, there's a reason, because yeah. Rob's coming in. Uh, I think he's flying in Wednesday. So right. what I was trying to, um, to do was he's never been to reptiland. Um, oh, so I yeah, it'd
0: yeah.
1: be cool to, uh, head out there. So, um, I think, uh, I think maybe Thursday we'll do that. You know, I was thinking maybe Wednesday, uh, we could, you know, I was talking to you about places we could go and herp and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So I don't know.
2: Yeah, no. And then Rob wants uh, Rob can you guys can come up and see my place if you're gonna go to Reptiland. So oh,
1: that's right. I mean, you're gonna Rob's yeah. never seen your collection, right?
2: Rob's never seen my collection. No, and I oh. won't let him see the rhinos. Like I will we, not. He's not even start. allowed to peer that way. Yeah. You better put him on a diet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You better put them on a diet now.
2: I might as well nah. just I'm, no. He's just gonna be like, we are the rhinos?" I don't know what you're talking about. Like, yeah, maybe I uh-huh. should maybe I should
1: buy some babies and switch them out. Baby rhinos <laughs> and swap them out. Yeah, I will give you the
2: babies. I'll yeah, gonna, I'll send my rhinos to you after for like three months of, of the Eric Burke diet. They might be acceptable. So right. you know, yeah. Too bad I
1: can't follow that same diet for myself. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: um it is it's a horrible way
1: yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah son of a bitch
2: i know son this is wrong but
0: and, and, by, and
2: i and i told a few people i said i said i have to get my house ready because i swear to god if i make eric host carpet Fest one more year his wife will skin me so you know i'm, I'm oh, i might yeah. have to figure something out yeah. so i've told a few people that it has to be at my place or someone else's that we approve of um yeah i talked to howard about it and he says well for the 10th anniversary we can just have it back at howard's place we're gonna be like look this
0: is what it used to be <laughs>
2: <laughs> i don't think howard's house could take it
0: there's i know no which way. is
2: why it's funny
0: there's <laughs> no, no way man
1: <laughs> i mean it looked crowded when there was 15 people there there's
0: i know
2: it just i just, no was just, I just... <laughs> so <laughs> yep uh but anyway, but yeah.
1: So we we're getting. I was getting ready for Carpet Fest and, uh in the hopes because uh, it's right around the corner, and we got to get 8th, uh, cracking on a logo and all that kind t-shirt, of
2: t-shirt. We got to get. Uh, we'll start. I'll place. I'll put a post up. Probably I'll put a post up tomorrow saying that if you are coming, let us know what food you want to bring, what drink you want to bring, all that fun stuff. Because like we say, it is free to come to Carpet Fest, but we ask that you do bring something. To either eat or drink that is fully prepared, that can feed a good group of people. Um, so if you bring raw hamburger, um, you have to now cook the hamburger. Is what we're trying to convey to you, people. So you know, make sure it's prepared. Let us know if you need the grill or the oven. Um, and then, yeah, that's pretty much it. Just let us know. Why did we'll we have a goes. problem with
1: somebody last year not cooking? No,
2: something? no. But I oh. can reiterate that because if I don't doomed to repeat carpet fest year 2 where everyone stared at a grill and didn't know why the food wasn't being cooked so i want to make sure that that never happens again and you know it is the eighth carpet fest i mean
0: come it on it is dude. the eighth yeah. kind
2: of <laughs> getting up there man i'm we not getting be- up there I'm not going to be happy when we hit freaking double digits. What the hell are we going to do when it's like, hooray, it's the 10th anniversary of Carpet Fest. I mean, oh, my God. It'll be
1: the 10th year of Carpa Fest and the 10th year of NPR.
2: But we've – I expected, it, you know, maybe three episodes and then it'll stop and here we are. Sorry, I'm having a breakdown on air. It's like,
1: <laughs> all right. Yeah, you should probably do that after We should close so, it off. Uh,
0: yeah.
2: Afterwards. Um <laughs> yeah. can we be like G T why can't we be like GTP Keeper Radio where they only have an episode every every five every
0: quarter?
1: <laughs> <Right>?
2: <laughs> Once a quarter. That's what they
1: do. They do it with their taxes. <sighs> uh, they know how to do it. Right. They're not stupid. <laughs> We're not they not keep dumb it like, like us. us.
2: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> every
1: week they said, do a podcast,
0: they said, well, every
2: week. We we were we were hanging out with Joe, Melissa and Matt. They were like or or even then I think I heard um on Reptile and Chill, they were like, oh, it's our 25th episode." And they're like, "Yeah, you know, what like NPR guys, it's like how the 25th episode? How long ago was that?" And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, and I'm like the twenty fifth episode was like I'm looking it up right now. Hold on. No, we're gonna, like, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do this live on air. Hold on.
1: No. Hold
0: on. One <laughs> sec.
2: I'm
1: um, pulling up the archives well, right now on the blog talk page.
2: And well, uh, what episode is this one right now? Do we know that one offhand? So this is three hundred and ninety
0: two. <laughs> Oh my god, we're almost at 400 Yeah
1: Oh my god Let's see how many are on a page Let's see 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14,
0: 15, 16, 17
1: Is that, oh wait Oh yeah, so there's 17 on a page So what, what are we looking for? Number 25? Number 25. 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. The 25th episode. Wow. How about this? Somebody better Mm. play this. Um, The 25th episode was on February 25th, 2012. And it was Anthony Caponetto talks carpet pythons.
0: Holy (laughs) shit. (laughs) Holy yeah. shit.
2: Yeah. How about that? Damn. 2012. That's a good 25th episode. <laughs> so I, guess I
1: didn't Damn. even produce my first. Dude, I'm looking at this first page right here. Right. This is yep. the second page in our archive. Ready? Uh-huh. Wait, listen yeah. to this. So we got yeah. Greg Stevens, Don Patterson, yep. Brian yep. Barchek, yep. Sean Heffleck, yep. Jim oh, yeah. Philip yeah. Lamari talking Tannabars. Dan yeah. Maleri, DM Exotics. Ari, Bones Pythons. Um, Wayne Larks from Australia. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. Josh Easter, Is- Sean Christian, Is- Will Bird, Mike Curtin, Anthony Cappanetto, Derek Roddy, Buddy Buscemi, Mark Spitaro, Andrew Wyatt, Howard Redding, and Rico Walder. That's, that was our lineup. In 2012. If from... only we
2: were a better show. <laughs> it's like <you>
1: know.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> If only. <laughs> if only we were better interviewers from back yeah. then. I mean, oh, my God. That's a killer lineup, yeah, man. A that's a hell of a lineup. Jesus Christ.
1: Then on the uh, the first page was Terry Phillip, Blake Bauer. Mm. Now, that's... I don't want to talk about...
2: No no no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no.
1: No. Michael right. Pinnell, Chris Rendell, nice. David Beans, nice. Blake Bauer again. No. Mona no. McAdams, yeah.
0: Jason Bailey, yeah. John
1: Bataglia, mm-hmm. Justin Doolander, Nick Mutton, Ben Marl. Uh, yes. And Luke no. Man. He had Damn. a hell of a first season, man.
0: Damn. That's like, That's like... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. Damn. It's but...
2: it's... Guys, go listen to the archive. If you really want to check out some cool stuff, I mean, if. If you listen to this Bill Stiegel episode and you want to know about Green Tree Pythons, go listen to that Rico Walder one. I mean Oh yeah. Come on. Dear God.
1: I often Don't listen
2: to the Blake Bower. Never listen to that episode. Never. That is no I want that stricken from the archive.
1: I often think about how lucky we are to have been Mm -hmm. able
2: to interview
1: Rico, you know?
0: Yeah.
2: Um
1: but I mean that's like the who's who in Morelia,
2: man. I mean, we, we kind of kicked it that season.
1: And we were nobody.
2: <laughs> Why were they talking to us? It's like I had, I had bread for two years, and you hadn't I didn't even, even breathed the carpet clutch. I mean,
1: my first clutch hatched What the hatched hell? In, well, Mar- no, it hatched in May of 2012, I think it was. May. I had my yeah.
2: first carpet clutch in 2010.
0: Mm. Crazy, mm. crazy stuff. Here we right, are, that's 2019.
2: Enough, <laughs> it's enough. It's enough. It's enough. It's enough down memory lane. and the show, damn it. So, all
1: right. You
2: know. all right.
1: God, I have no idea what's going on for next week, but I Sweet. have. uh Yeah, <laughs> we have some uh, people in the wings of things that we're working on. So there's that. Um, cool. You know, we were talking earlier to Riley, and I was. We gotta. We probably. So I'm not really mm. a colubrid guy. Oh wait, I'm not really a colubrid guy. But We're um,
2: do this, yeah. <laughs> All right, <go> ahead.
1: However, <laughs> yeah. however, um, mm. you know how like you see so that that garter snake, like blew mm-hmm. me away, right? So mm-hmm. I was I was talking to you guys and I was telling Rob the same thing earlier. It was like, well, you know, you get the you get the jonesing for wanting to mm-hmm. get that animal right and you're like mm-hmm. how do i get how do i get it out of my system without buying that animal so i can stay focused on what i'm doing and mm. i'm just like okay well, i'm gonna buy a book <laughs> so it's <bought> a <laughs> book on garden snake which is actually a pretty cool book so far um but it's uh it's like you know, I, I start to read it and then it's sort of like, mm. you know, it sort of passes a little bit. And then if it's still there, then maybe it's something that's meant to be like. You know, say that's it. a
2: dangerous game because then you're going to read the book and sometimes you, it might just be more and more in your head after you're done or it's like this is doable. I mean, right. Well, I don't know, dude.
1: Eventually, eventually, like, what I would like to do is to set up, not I'm not even breeding or anything like that, but, it's like, I was mm-hmm. trying to think of, you know, what I could put in that one room that I have that's sort of like, it's like a display animal, but it kind of gets cold nah. during the winter. And I was like, yeah. well, what the hell, man? Just put a colubrid in there. That, that'll that yeah. be fine. And I can have, like, a nice display cage and, you know, just have an animal in there chilling out. What yeah. I would love would be an indigo because ever since I was a kid, that was a species that I've always like, that was a, that was a pinnacle species for me when I was a kid. I don't know why. I just, I thought that they were just amazing. Maybe because you didn't see them anywhere,
2: et cetera. Well, would you do Texas indigo or would you do Eastern indigo? Cause Eastern indigo is going to get a little tricky for you here in Pennsylvania yeah. I mean they have to be gifted to you and a yeah. uh, all that other fun shit that comes along with them. So
1: Uh, I guess I have no option then.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, unless there's somebody
1: out there in uh, NPR land that wants to gift me a. uh, Careful,
2: because I've talked about that. I've talked about shit on air, and then people have emailed me. It's like you know, don't
0: (laughs) um,
2: don't tempt those fates. how pissed would you be if an indigo shows up on my door? Oh, no, are you week? kidding me? I'd, <laughs> I'd love that because then right. I can come and play with an indigo, but then I don't have to worry about fish and wildlife kicking down my door. Like, you know, right. nah, I'm good. Fine with that. But
1: then you also um, have
2: what Riley works with
1: is the crebo, which is yes. sort of, you know, sort of in yeah. the same vein. Um,
2: yeah. but um, uh, Andrew has some unicolor crebo, and they're really cool. Um, right? But I prefer the blacktail. Um right. black tail crebo. Uh I have in my living room tank now like the biggest Texas rat snake I've ever had and it's about the size of a Krebo. And it's chill when it's yeah. not looking at me. So you know, <laughs> it's I think like I think what I say in the chat, I'm like the collarbridge is the set it and forget it snake. You know, yeah. I've given it everything it needs. K okay, bye. <laughs> it's like, you know later. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, I don't,
1: I don't see that happening anytime soon. I just, you know, no. it's, yeah, it's just how you do the shows and stuff like that, and you sort of, you, you dream about, you know, oh, yeah. I want to keep this species, oh, I want to well, keep this species, you know.
2: If you're gonna keep a, if you're gonna keep a setup in that room, you should probably build the cases of animal plastics cages that you have just laying around. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know, right?
2: Yeah, just yeah, um, get on that first. <laughs>
1: they're still in the box. <laughs> I I know they are. I want them to sit there as long as it took for them to ship. So
3: (laughs) we're almost there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. This
2: this is why I want to build my new cages. By the way, if anybody out there has any kind of uh, PVC boards, black, let me know. Email me. So, you know. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, uh. I don't know. Maybe we'll get, uh, maybe we'll branch out into something like that. But anyway, who
2: knows uh, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: if all of a sudden you see an Indigo show pop up, then you know why
2: <laughs> then, then I know you've done it. All right. Works for me.
1: Yeah. Or, or was thinking about doing it and didn't, you know, nobody wants to gift it to me. So I have to, uh, live, <laughs> we have to go try to get
2: <laughs> Got it.
0: So.
1: <sighs> anyway, so Long story short, I don't know who's going to be on the show next week. (laughs) I don't know how we went into that, but anyway. Uh, Yeah, the website is um, slowly but surely coming along. Um, I'm hoping to launch that maybe by the beginning of next month, maybe mid next month, something like that, but it should be cool. Um, And like Owen hinted at a little bit, trying to move the archives over to that. So that, uh, you know, it's somewhere else besides blog talk and we're slowly transitioning over to, uh, you know, doing it and just uploading it to blog talk, but it's trying to mess around with the equipment and such. So mm-hmm. um, so for now, you can check out our website at MorelliPythonRadio.com and our email is info at MorelliPythonRadio.com. If you have any questions, comments, you can follow us on Facebook, you can follow us on uh Instagram and whatever podcast app you so choose to use, you can find our show. Uh, okay. for me, com, and just go there and you'll find everything else.
0: <laughs> Works. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Short, sweet, I love it. Um yeah. what you can go what you can do for me is go to rogue-reptiles.com. Uh, I'm preparing a pretty big post of all of the clutches that we have thus far. Our second one just hit the ground for 2019, and it was a Carmel Het Exanic bred to a Het Exanic. So we'll see what comes out of that one. Um, as far as shows go, I will be attending the 420 Oaks show in Oaks, Pennsylvania, um, and uh, the Hamburg show that I think is the weekend after. Um, I won't be vending these shows, but I'll be there. So if you do want an animal delivered, please contact me. We can make that happen as well. And weather is looking fantastic here in Pennsylvania. So uh, shipping is totally back on. If you want an animal, uh, let me know. We can calculate a shipping quote. I am probably going to take pictures of all the animals that we have for sale. Uh, in the next couple days when I get around to it. Uh, Other things you can go to facebook.com, look up Rogue Reptiles. Uh, You can get and follow us over there. Also, you can go to my Instagram, which is my last name, McIntyre OJ. You can follow over there, mostly snakes and my dog. So, definitely (laughs) give it a like over there. And, uh, yeah, that's about it so uh we'll say thank you all for listening and we'll catch everybody back here next week for some more moralia python radio good night